You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Hannah's upcoming season of The Bachelorette. And he's interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 126. I am your host, Reality Steve. A very fun and a very interesting podcast for you today, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Before we get started, let me tell you about our sponsor today. This podcast brought to you by Bona, Next Generation Bona Premium Spray Mop for hardwood floors. Includes a microfiber cleaning pad and a hardwood floor cleaner all in one wonderful package. Together, the mop and cleaner provide an effective clean, which is quick, easy to use, and leaves no dulling residue. It's the perfect solution for simple, beautiful floors. Bona Premium Spray Mop is available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and Bona.com. To receive exclusive offers and learn more, visit Bona.com. That's B-O-N-A dot com slash Reality Steve. Like I said, interesting interview today, and I'll tell you why. When you heard Evan's podcast at the end of the season, Casey had been on the week before, so Evan was able to respond to what Casey said. Then I had Carl on the week after that, and when I had Nicole on last week, she was able to hear Carl's podcast. She didn't really address it very much at all, but she had heard it, and she knew what he had said. I recorded Katie on Monday, and I recorded John on Tuesday of this week, so neither of them were able to hear what the other one said. Obviously, since I recorded John's second, I was able to say a couple things and kind of chime in here and there about some of the things that Katie said in the podcast. However, I wanted to keep it more separate to where I have you'll, you'll hear Katie tell her story, and you'll hear John tell his side of everything. And I just wanted to keep it like that. And yes, there are some things that come out in both podcasts that I didn't know. Um, there are some shots that John takes. Uh, and admittedly, there are some things that John has said post-show that he's not happy with and he's not proud of. So you'll hear it all. But I thought it was very interesting to do it this way. And I probably should have done the other interviews that way as well. I should have done Casey and Evan in the same week and Carl and Nicole in the same week. Although, like I said, Nicole... I don't think ever brought up anything that Carl said, maybe once or twice, but it wasn't anything where she went after him. But Katie and John, you'll hear, Katie definitely has some choice words to say at certain times about John. John has some choice things to say about Katie. So uh, enjoy. It's 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 interesting, to say the least. Also, the He Said, She Said podcast, episode number 18, dropped this past Tuesday. It's a good one. Probably more so for the first 18 minutes of the podcast where Ashley and I got off on a tangent about the 2010 disaster that was the Reality Steve dating contest. But I hadn't thought about the, that thing in years. And then Ashley brought it up or brought up dating contests in general for me. And then I had to she didn't even know I had one done in 2010. That just wasn't good. And it wasn't good all around. Hadn't thought about it in years. But the more obviously I lived it. I remember it. I went through it. And just talking about certain things, just as you heard me talking about, it, if you have listened to the podcast already, you heard me talking about it. And as I'm in mid sentence, I'm remembering other things that happened during that dating contest. And yeah, it's just, I know Ashley wants to ha to happen again, but something that I didn't talk about on the podcast that I'll, that I'll say right now, I'll never do another dating contest 
for one major reason is that I'm way too private about my personal life. In 2010, I don't think I gave a rip and I was more open about it. But since then, things have happened in my life. I've been burned a couple times and I just have no interest in doing any sort of dating contests publicly. Um, whoever I date, I like to do in private. I don't like to talk about it. If and when it gets serious, that's when the public will know. But I don't date just to date, and I certainly don't date to post pictures every time we go out. It's just not me. It will never be me. Anybody that's interested in dating me should get used to that, that I'm not going to post a picture every five minutes of us. And if that, and trust me, I've been through it. Some people that rubs the wrong way because they think, oh, what are you hiding me? You don't want anyone to know that you're dating me? No, that's not it. I'm just not that person. And it's just the way it is. And um, so that's the biggest reason why I would never do another dating contest. I don't care if Ashley screened all the girls or whatever the case may be. It's just that I am way too private about my uh, my personal life. And I, I have reason to be based on some of the things I've been through the last few years. So, uh, But it is funny to hear me talk about the, <laughs> the dating contest from 2010. Uh, so check that out on Tuesday. And if you want to be part of a future podcast, the He Said, She Said podcast, Email me, email Ashley, let us know the time zone you're in, let us know your situation and the best times you can record, and hopefully we can get that done for you. Anyway, let's, uh, without any further ado, let's just get started. First up is Katie Cannon, and then followed by John Thurmond. All right, let's welcome in our guest. She was one of the, one of the couples on this season of Temptation Island that we all saw. It is Katie Cannon. Katie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Before we get started, I um you know, we've spoken to a lot of people from the show and um I one of the things that I want to get into with a lot of the contestants is kind of your background before you even did any of this because mm-hmm. we don't really know a lot about any of you be- pre-show, barely knew of anything about your relationship pre-show, but just you as a person. What is your background? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Are you a, are you a Texas native? Yeah, so um, I actually was not born in Texas, but I grew up in Texas. Um, you know, I got here when I was eight years old. I was actually born in Southern California, oh. but um, you know, I you know I grew up in Abilene, which is considered West Texas. Um, yes, very uh, conservative, kind of a cowboy town, and um, and so that's you know what I'm rooted in. And um, so I went to college at. Um, even more of a small cowboy town than Abilene, Stephenville, Texas, um, Tarleton State University. And, um, and then I, you know, after graduating, um, I moved up to the Metroplex Dallas Fort Worth area and, um, you know, was there for a few years and then before I met John. Oh, okay. So you, why didn't you go to Abilene Christian? I actually did go to Abilene Christian for a year. Oh. Um, I was an art major. Yeah, <laughs> I actually did go for a year. Uh, for a year, I was an art major there, and then I started dating a football player <laughs> at Tarleton State, which uh, Abilene Christian and Tarleton are like rivals in football. So, yeah. um, I ended up switching and transferring to Tarleton, and then changed my major to marketing and got a business degree and kind of changed my route, uh, my career path. But I mean, I still do art as a hobby. Okay, so how did you guys meet? You and John? Was it? Um... And I, I don't know how long ago it was and then how long yeah. you were living together. Yeah, so we met. Um, I had just gone out of a long, like, five-year relationship. And um, I would, hadn't been single for very long. Um, I was only, gosh, single for 
three or four months and I um, got on a dating app, uh, you know, by recommendation of one of my girlfriends, you know, she was like, Oh, it's great. You should get on here. So I got on there and, um, you know, within a couple of weeks, John and I matched and then, um, but a couple week, more weeks went by before we actually started talking again. And, um, anyway, we, so we started talking, you know, through this app and then, uh, we started dating and we dated for, gosh, I want to say close to a year before we moved in together. Okay. Um, I was, I was living in, um, an apartment in Las Colinas, which is, you know, up by closer to Dallas. And, um, John had a house in Fort Worth and I mean, I love Fort Worth and, um, you know, Fort Worth is more my style, more my speed, more my scene than the Dallas scene, um, is. And so, um, you know, and of course he was a co-owner and so it made more sense for me to move there than it was for him to move to Dallas. And so, um, yeah, I moved in with him and, and how long were you guys living together before you went to go film the show? Um, close to, close to two years. Um, okay. Yeah, about a, a year and a half, a year and eight months or so. So I've asked all the other couples this, Casey and Evan and Nicole and Carl, so I'll ask you guys of how you guys were approached about getting cast. Was it Instagram mm-hmm. just like them? And No. Oh, no. was it? Um, so, yeah, I... Okay, so I do modeling, um, kind of like a side thing. And so I'm in a lot of, um, you know, directories or talent agency um, databases where I get emails constantly um, for mostly modeling jobs. But, you know, every now and then some acting or some um, reality show castings will come through my email. And 99% of the time, those go in the junk. Like those go in the trash. I don't even open them. But um, because that's not really, that wasn't my thing. That wasn't anything I was looking to get into. And then, but this one kind of caught my eye. It didn't even tell us what the description was or or it didn't tell us what the show was. It just said, we're looking for casting to cast, um, you know, a couple that is in a serious relationship that's not engaged, um, that's, you know, trying to decide if they're the one for each other or not. And I thought, oh, okay, well, we, we fit that bill. All right, let me go ahead and just respond. You know, like, okay, here's our name, ages, and here's our photos. And then I immediately got a, an email right back, and then it was like, okay, let's set up a call. And then we set up a call, and we didn't know what the show was at all at this point. And I told John about it, and he was like, watch it be Temptation Island or something. And I, you know, I was laughing. I was like, gosh, I hope not. And he's like, you know, oh, we're not doing it if it is, <laughs> you know, or anything like, you know, that would be putting our relationship in jeopardy. And so, of course, we're on the phone with her on speaker. And she says, um, you know, she lets us know that it is Temptation Island. I'm like, oh, shot, of course. And John would mention that, too. Um, and, and he's in the background. I have our own speaker and I'm talking to her really. And he's in the background shaking his head. No, like, oh, we're not doing it. You know, like basically saying like, get off the phone now. We're not doing this. So I finished the conversation with her and, um, I used to talk to him. I was like, Oh, you know, babe, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. Like, let's just go through the application process. I'm sure we're not going to get it. You know, like he's like, Oh, okay. So he's kind of hesitant about it. He's like, All right, well, the week Skype interview was the next process. And, um, so he's like, all right, fine. I'll do the Skype interview, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, we're not doing this show. I was like, okay, it's fine. We probably won't get selected anyway. So then we do the Skype interview, and then next thing we know, it's we're getting a phone call, and we're, we're going to L.A. And then he starts getting excited. Once he finds out we're getting flown to L.A., and, like, there's a – I mean, it's still we're still at this point thinking, no, we're not going to get chosen. But, you know, even just having that, like, glimmer of hope or, like, that glimmer of, like, possibility. And then you start thinking about, oh, my gosh, what if we do actually get selected? How wild would that be? How crazy would that be? Um, and so we, then we start, like, really getting a dialogue open about, okay, this is um, 
you know, an opportunity and this is what we could get, you know, get out of it. And this is where we could grow in our relationship from it. And, you know, we start thinking about the positives, of course, and we're, we're thinking about the cons and we really evaluated it. And before we know it, we're getting selected saying, congratulations, um, you're going to Hawaii in two weeks. We're like, oh my God, what have we done? <laughs> All right. Uh, so when you knew you were going to get cast and you knew you had been selected and you were going to be one of the couples, I'm sure you mm-hmm. guys had numerous conversations about, okay, what is going to happen to mm-hmm. us or mm-hmm. what, what boundaries are going to set and stuff like that. So right. talk about some of the things that you guys talked about leading up to it. Yeah. I mean, obviously we established and we learned a lot about one another actually um, in this the, the whole casting process. Um, things that it's great that you can date for nearly three years and some of the stuff we, we didn't realize um, about each other until, you know, we're going through this until, you know, um, direct, uh, producers are sitting here asking us questions and we're like looking at it like, damn, we don't know the answer to that or, you know, we don't know what our significant other is going to answer. So um, it really helped us to, to, to learn one another. Um, but uh, yeah, of course we talked about you know what we thought was crossing the line, what we thought was appropriate, not appropriate. We were pretty much on the same page with everything. Um, we're both, we're both not jealous people. Um, we're both pretty like flirty people. Um, you know, that's one of the things like I, I had loved about our relationship is that we could be at a party and there, there's, there was no inkling of like jealousy whatsoever. Like he just knew like if I was going to be flirting with it, like I say flirting, innocently flirting. I'm just like flirtatious, like fun, loving, kind of bubbly, laughy type of a person. And so, um, but I would be acting no different um, behind, like away from John as that, that I would in front of him, you know, there was nothing that if I couldn't do it in front of John, I wouldn't do it, you know, a type of a thing. And mm-hmm. so, um, we, if he was like, you know, flirting, I, and I say that with like air quotes because, um, you know, some people's perception or, um, description of what flirting is could be different than ours, but, um, you know, if he was talking to another girl or laughing and making another girl laugh or whatever, like I wouldn't care just like he wouldn't care if I was doing that um, either. So um, we both were pretty on the same page as, you know, we knew we were dating other people. Um, obviously we said kissing was off limits. Um, there were certain things like uh, basically, you know, if you're like in the pool and, you know, wrapping, like wrapping your legs around, the opposite sex when you're in the pool. Like, I don't know, that's kind of like crossing the line. That's like a little too sexual. Like there's just things that we established, but we were pretty much on the same page with everything. Okay. So I'm guessing when you were talking about being at parties and being out and you're not jealous, I think it was something along the lines of probably where the other person just isn't disrespecting the other person. Like you're not doing anything. You're just having fun and you weren't doing anything disrespectful. Okay. Correct. Right. Um, you know, you talked about when you were going through that interview process and you learned a lot of things about each other that you didn't even know. Could you pinpoint mm-hmm. a couple of those things? Like, what was something that you remember sticking out where you were going through the interview process, you guys were asked something, and neither of you knew that about the other person? Hmm. Um, I Honestly, I don't know. I can't, I can't pinpoint anything. Um, I know it was about seven or eight months ago. So yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm trying to think. Um, no, I, I, I think maybe just, um, I think actually just like the way that we felt about certain things or maybe like hesitations that we had in certain areas, like, um, you know, just him opening up a little bit more, um, and, and maybe learning like what bothered him that I do 
um, or that I say that bothers him or things that like where he, he had hesitations in our relationship that maybe I didn't know about before. Well, what did you think the issues were in your relationship before you left to go on the show? And then compare that with stuff that maybe you realized once you were there filming the show. Yeah. Um, the issues that I had before, um, I mean, it was, it was really hard to say because, you know, every relationship kind of goes through, um, highs and lows. And I mean, for the most part, we were really good. Like we were very steady. That's one of the things I loved about our relationship is I had come off of a very tumultuous five-year relationship where we had really high highs, really low lows, and just a lot of like heartache and drama and stuff going on. And so I loved what I loved about John and I is that we didn't have any drama in our life. And it was very, um, I don't know, like sweet and simple and easy. Um, but there was just always something I felt like I couldn't really pinpoint. I couldn't, um, I was, wasn't absolutely certain. And, um, there was just certain qualities about him. And I mean, he's a great, great guy. And, you know, there's things that other relation, other couples would put up with that I wouldn't and, and things that I would put up with that they wouldn't. Right. So, I mean, it was just like little things like him being lazy around the house, um, you know, kind of lacking drive and ambition, um, him, uh, kind of need, needing to be, um, told what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, babe, the trash needs to be taken out and he could walk past the trash 25 times in the day and see that it's overflowing, but won't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Won't take out the trash until I say it. And, um, you know, he'd come home from work and he'd sit right on the couch and like pour a glass of wine and his ass would be like on the couch. That's just not in my nature. I am a busybody. I'm like, go, go, go doer. And, um, like when I come home from work, I have a million things to do. And the last thing I'm going to do is sit on the couch and like watch TV. And, um, so there's just like some different, um, well, that's, I don't know, personality traits. Yeah. There, that's certainly, you know, motivation and laziness and stuff like that. That's obviously in something that could mm-hmm. get to somebody after a while. I mean, Right. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't break up with anybody over taking out the trash. Obviously, no, but the No, no, no. But, but it's little things it. that yeah, yeah. No, it's the little things that added up and it it wasn't it wasn't and that's the, that's the thing. It was never to a point where we needed to break up. It was yeah. Just minor frustrations. Um and then you know, he um he he drank a little bit more than he probably should have, which also led to lack of ambition and you know, he'd be um you know, unproductive the next day and he napped a lot and you just didn't have like the same um, high energy drive that in life and what, you know, things I want out of life. And I have really big goals for myself and really high expectations and want to do big things. And um, he was just a little bit more laid back and a little bit more content. And, um, That's, you know, okay. And there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was just, like I said, different personality traits. When we saw the intro video of you guys is when we first got the, from what the show decided to show us, what your mm-hmm. issues were, and this whole thing about the alpha male. Because <laughs> oh, I have one- to hear the word alpha male <laughs> one more time, I swear. And uh, you so know, that, that, and, and, needing more of a country word- guy, right? You want more yeah, of a country well, guy than a city guy. Well, I mean, you know, and I've grown and changed a lot since then. Um, 
So I really don't even know what I want anymore. I don't even think that that is what I want, <laughs> ironically. But um, it's more of a personality trait and more of a characteristic, like a set of characteristics and more of just like kind of, um, you know, you think about the hero of the story and, and how they would act. And um, that's just more of like what I'm looking for. And so alpha, an alpha personality is the best way that I can describe that. It's mm-hmm. I'm so sick and tired of using that term just because, you know, from, from casting to filming to, you know, post-production, it's just like, that's what I've heard constantly. And that's, um, that is an aspect, but it's not that he's, um, not manly. That's, I don't associate an alpha male and manly with, with one and the same thing. That's, those are two different things. And, not that he's not manly. It's like, um, like I said, it's just a set of characteristics and um, a mindset. That was the biggest issue. Okay. And so when you left to do the show, when you're on the plane or either in the couple days leading up to mm-hmm. first day of filming, I mean, maybe it's hard to go back to that time and remember what you were thinking, but when you were going out there and realized you were one of the couples, was there anything mm-hmm. in your mind that thought that at the end of this, you guys were going to be broken up? No, <laughs> yeah. no, we actually, we went into it very confident. Um, and expect, especially, like I said, we learned a lot about one another during the, the interview processes and the, and the casting process that about each other. And it actually made us grow, um, a lot stronger. We, we had to really dig in deep with one another and, Brought it, it brought us closer together and we had some really deep conversations that we probably wouldn't have had, for, you know, had it not been for that. And, um, and especially after flying to Hawaii and getting there and, you know, we we actually were stuck in a hotel for a good week, um, where we weren't allowed to leave. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you really get to, you really get to know somebody when you're, uh, you know, stuck in a hotel with them for, for several days. And plus the uniqueness of the situation of what we were doing. And it just, it was really cool experience and it brought us together and it brought us really close. And we, um, we felt very confident that we had this in the bag. There was nothing that was going to tear us apart. And we had all these plans of how we were going to keep our minds strong. Um, we knew it was going to be a mental game. We knew it was going to be psychological warfare. And, you know, so we, we talked about, you know, how we were going to pray every day and write each other like letters and, um, you know, look at photos of one another. And I even had, um, a girlfriend of mine kind of write me a open in case of emergency card letter thing. And, uh, you know, which I ended up, I ended up opening it and needing to open it, um, about halfway through the filming process. And it was just like the best words of uplifting encouragement and basically saying, you got this, you know, and, and, and it was really sweet because it was no matter what is happening, even if you're really confused right now, like God has you and, you are going to be okay and you are loved and, you know, just lean on him, um, for, you know, when you're feeling weak. And so we had all these, um, kind of plans to, to keep us strong. So yeah, we thought we had it in the bag. (laughs) All right, guys, let's take a break real quick. Talk to you about Philo TV. Say goodbye to expensive TV bills and horrible customer service with Philo. It's the new way to watch all the TV you love. It's the cheapest way to watch over 50 of your favorite channels like VH1, MTV, Nickelodeon, I wish my voice didn't crack, uh, Hallmark, History Channel, Discovery Channel. Catch the biggest shows on TV like The Walking Dead, Live PD, SpongeBob, 
and Paw Patrol for the kids, plus tons of classic shows and movies. Enjoy live and on-demand TV, plus unlimited recording for only $20 a month and never miss a minute of the shows you love. Philo is great for watching TV from your TV, phone, computer, whenever you want. There's never been a better deal on cord-free, commitment-free, hassle-free TV. Philo is available on Roku, iOS, Fire TV, Android TV, and Apple TV. To start your free trial, visit philo.tv slash Steve. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash Steve. If you go now, you'll also get 15% off your first month. Now, let's get back to Katie Cannon and then John Thurman uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. So when the first night happens and you guys meet the singles and they come out there Mm -hmm. on that catwalk and the guys come out and the girls come out. Mm Mm-hmm. When you first saw the guys, was there any part of you that was like, "Uh oh, I'm in trouble," or was it more of, no. "Wow, this is interesting. I'm, you know, I'm interested to get to yeah. know them." But, or were you immediately thinking like, "Oh, this is gonna, this is like it was hitting you that this is gonna be a little bit different than maybe you thought it was gonna be." Um. So I was a little nervous um, before I met the singles of thinking, "Oh gosh, like." am I going to be able to handle this? You know, I was a little bit more worried about myself than I was, was with John. Um, just, I don't know. I just, I, I trust John fully. Um, and I never, you know, like that just was never an issue. So I, of course, and I'm hard on myself. So there's always like that self doubt you have in, in yourself. So it's like, man, if anything, I'm worried about myself. But, um, when I met, when the singles came out, I wasn't, I was actually like, no, I don't, there wasn't anybody that really stood, stood out that was like, okay, this could be a threat. Um, or this, or like a threat to my relationship. This is somebody that I'm worried about, or this is somebody that, oh man, like, uh, based, just based on first impressions, based on just literally I got, we, we all just saw them and, and it was raining and, you know, there's bright lights in your face and, um, they, it was a little bit from a distance and, um, and they had literally said a one liner, you know, so it's like, how do you really, you don't really get to know them based off of that. Um, the two guys that stood out to me based on just physical looks alone was Johnny and Matt. And, um, and then, you know, for the girls, I actually, when I met, when I saw the girls, I was, that's when I a little, got a little bit more intimidated or a little bit more like, uh, worried that, Oh dang, John might actually have some temptation. Like <laughs> maybe I was wrong about worried about me and I should be having worried about him. But, um, I mean, I still wasn't worried. There's just like that little tiny seed of like, Oh man, these girls are really pretty. <laughs> well, you uh you definitely your intuition was right because you yeah. ended up blocking Catherine, who ended yeah. up being yeah. you know, John's woman yeah. at the end. Yeah. And John blocked Roman and <laughs> whatever happened to that guy? Cuz he was literally first one gone like I mean, I, I don't mean to I don't mean to pile on Roman here, but wh- what Poor Roman. What happened? Um Okay, so John and I are sitting next to each other, holding hands as these people are coming out. We're in communication. Like, it's not like we're not talking to one another. It's, you know, we're like, okay, he's cute. Okay, he's not cute. Oh, she's really pretty. Oh, she's not really. Oh, oh, she seems like she has a good personality. Oh, like, that guy seems funny. So we're sitting there talking to one another. So, like, we know what we're thinking. And we know each other enough to, like, know what each other's type is. Um I mean, obviously he, he knows like coming from Abilene and coming from, you know, a cowboy school that, um, I wanted, I was just, I was used to dating 
more country guys, like cow- cowboys more than country, but just yeah. guys like Texas boys. And, um, you know, that like hunt and fish and ride horses and just have a certain lifestyle. So, um, I think that he just thought, I don't know if he was trying to be funny or if he was just trying to go with the theme. I really don't know what he was thinking, but, um, I mean, he knew that like Roman wasn't my type. Um, so I don't know. But I thought he was, he was a total country boy, but that has nothing to do with type. Like, Oh, just because, it, and, and there's a different, and there's different facets of country. Like when you say, Oh, you're a country guy, like you can be like redneck country. You can be like country boy can survive like backwoods country. <laughs> you can be cowboy, like Western country. Um, Huh. You know, they're, yes, it's it's hard to explain that to people in LA or people who <laughs> who um, aren't around it. But yes, there's there's a lot of there's that has a lot of different meanings. It can mean a lot of different things, and uh, there's a lot of genres within the within, term country. Yes, within country. Yeah, I mean, right. I grew up in Southern California. I moved here to Dallas in 2006, so I've been here 13 years, but I'm very much city suburbia guy mm-hmm. and i mean i've seen those guys out when i used to go out a lot more than i do now um mm-hmm. in uptown and stuff like that there there was certainly the faction um but i didn't realize that there was country <laughs> country could be broken down into yeah oh yes three or four more categories oh uh, yes but yeah Absolutely. i've seen i've seen some of them out uh just not I guess I need to speak to them more and get to know a little bit <laughs> deeper to to see the level that they were on. Um, yeah. At first, you were attracted to I think the first guy that you were kind of digging was Win before you went over to Johnny. So talk about Win and Johnny. I know you had said I think I I believe you even told Win in the pool. Uh, you know that. <laughs> It, you know, usually not a type of guy you go for. So, what attracted yes. you to win, and then, and then eventually, okay. what, what did Johnny do to there's, win you over? There's so much content that was cut out of the show. Like it, it, it blows my mind how much they do not show. Yeah, and like there, it's insane. But um, so I actually had a, my first connection with Carlos, and when I say connection, I use that term like loosely. Um, the first person I had a good conversation with, and I was starting to get to know because these guys are all strangers, and we're scared, like we don't know anybody, and we're just like, oh, okay, let's talk and let's see. And you know, of course, the whole point of the show is to go on there and date people, and so um, it's just like a little nerve wracking. And so I actually connected with Carlos first. Um, you know, him and I had a good conversation, and. He, um, like checked a lot of my boxes of like, you know, when you say like, okay, well, I'm looking for this, this, and this, and this in a partner. Um, he checked a lot of those boxes and anyway, um, super sweet guy, him and I could just sit there and just talk for hours and we could talk about like lighthearted things and funny things and he could make me laugh. And then we could talk about deep conversations and, um, you know, theology and philosophy and all, you know, all this stuff. He was very, very smart, which I loved about him. And then, um, and then when, um, we just, we were in the pool and we just started having a conversation and, um, I just kind of opened up to him and he opened up to me and I just got to know him um, a lot more. And there was just certain things about him and, um, his heart that struck a chord, like struck a nerve. Um, he has a really big heart and 
you know, his background and where he came up and then how he brought his whole like just life story and how he got to where he is today. And, um, you know, him talking about his family and, you know, the charity work that he does. And um, I don't know, there, he, he definitely he had a, a confidence about him and a um, the, the characteristics that I talk about, those those hero mentalities or that hero characteristics when yeah. had that. And so um, I was drawn to that. And that's why I said, like, physically, he wasn't typically my type. But uh, there was something about him when I, as I was getting to know him and talking to him that he really, um, like I said, kind of struck a nerve, struck a chord. Like, he really was able to um, allow me to connect with him, which I think shocked me the most um, just because of, like, I wasn't physically or I wouldn't have typically been physically attracted to him. But as I got to talk to him, got to know him, he became more physically attractive, right? And I think that always is what um, shocks you as a human more and what, well, but why, you know, you would say something like, oh, you're the only one that would rock my world. First of all, I would like to say, I don't remember saying that I had too many drinks, <laughs> but, um, but secondly, I think that what I meant by that was just that um, it was such an unexpected surprise, you know, and uh, in a good way, a pleasant surprise, you know? Yeah. Well, I think when I was speaking with, um, Casey all season I think that she even said when we were talking about dates I think after we had recapped the second episode when you guys went on your first dates Mm -hmm. when I was asking her about why'd you choose Carlos and I think she told the story of actually I think Katie was going to choose him but I I chose him at the last second for God knows what reason not not (laughs) not in a negative way but she was just like I had I had so many choices yeah minute yeah Yeah, I know because we kind of talked about it we'd always talk about it we got better at it you know our communication got better as we got closer obviously and then as the show went on but you know we kind of talk about who was picking who and so you know when the producers are like okay give me your top three who you're gonna pick and I'm like oh I don't need top three I'm I'm picking Carlos I don't need a backup like nobody nobody's gonna pick Carlos everybody knows I'm picking Carlos like and then when Casey, you know, uh, went before me and she picked Carlos, I was like, oh, like I was literally torn. I'm like, I can't believe this. Like not in a, not in a, not in a negative way, but like a laughing, funny way. Like, I can't believe you stole him. Um, and so. So who did you end up picking after she picked Carlos? I forgot. I picked, I picked Johnny. And I, the oh. reason why I didn't want to pick Johnny right off the bat is because I felt like he was the most obvious choice for me. And I wasn't trying to be so obvious. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't trying to go with the most obvious answer, like the most obvious route. Um, so, but hey, it worked out the way it was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> so, as as filming goes on, um, you were the first female to stray, so to speak. You know, whatever word you want to use. Mm-hmm. At least that we were shown. And at the time that you did only two people had that we had seen as an audience and it was you and Evan had strayed with Morgan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you two were the only two who didn't leave video messages. So Mm -hmm. maybe now you can give a more detailed explanation of why didn't you leave a message for John? Yeah. Um, so I, at the time of those video messages, I was really, um, struggling mentally and like, um, emotionally and my decision of what I was going to do. And I had a lot, a lot of, um, conflicting feelings going on. And I was just, that was a really high peak stress time for me during filming. And, um, I had a lot of emotions going on and a lot of, like I said, I was very confused at that time. And 
I didn't feel like I was also feeling a lot of guilt. And I, I mean, I hadn't, um, I hadn't done anything at that point, uh, cheating wise, you know, I hadn't crossed any lines other than I think at that point, Johnny and I had kissed once maybe. Yeah. And, um, so it wasn't any line that John hadn't crossed, but I was, I was feeling a lot of guilt because I don't, it doesn't matter what he's doing and what matters what I'm doing. And, I can only control myself and I only have, I can only be, uh, you show a reflection of, of myself. And, and so I just felt like I owed John more than what I could provide for him in a 30 second video message. I, I felt like he deserved more of a conversation, a face to face conversation. And there, I didn't feel like there was anything I could say in that 30 second video that would have provided any value for him or any direction for him or any worth for him. And also, I honestly wanted and still want nothing but the best for John. I wanted him to be happy. And I thought, you know what? Um, if he's having a connection with Catherine and he's, I don't want to send him anything that's going to derail him or mess up with mess his head up to prevent him from experiencing this um, to the fullest and having the most fun and enjoying it and exploring that connection with Catherine. Um, Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to direct him or lead him any which way yet because I wasn't sure. So that's, I mean, that's why I just felt like he, he deserved more. He needed more of a conversation. And, um, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to mislead him in one way or another. When you saw that he had left a pretty heartfelt message for you, looks like it made you feel a little bit worse. Was that, did that hurt more once you saw his message? Um, yes. Um, it, it hurt me, um, to see him hurting. That's what hurt me the most. Um, it hurt me to see him crying and to see the pain in his face and hear the, the pain in his voice. So, um, yeah, it was hard. At what point during filming, I don't know if you can do it by episodes or just a feeling that you had, but cause I, I don't think it was final bonfire day, but what point during filming did you realize John and I are done or I'm going to break up with him. Um, I don't think that I did. <laughs> really? Um, I mean, even, even up to the, the last final days, I was still very conflicted. I mean, I think that I was leaning towards that. I need to break up. We need to break up. But, um, honestly, like my intention going into the bonfire was to, um, tell him I wanted to go home and, and we'll talk about it then. But we had to make a decision. We had to make a, a decision one way or another. And um, so I, it was kind of like based on, I was at the mercy of, you know, having no other choice to make one a decision one way or another. So um, and considering that's what I was leaning towards and I kind of, I probably knew deep down in my heart, that's what I wanted to do. I just, um, I was still, I was, Torn. So, so what led you to that point? Because as you said, before you got there and even on the days leading into it, you were so confident that mm -hmm. it wasn't going to happen between you two in terms of breaking up. Like you were, you guys were pretty set and even you were mm -hmm. pretty set in your mind. So during the course of that month, what made you, what pushed you over the edge to get to that point? Because it mm -hmm. sounds like that's a good question. As, as somebody who has spoken to Casey on numerous occasions and then has spoken to Evan twice this season, seeing it now, they 
it's clear to see that they were never going to make it ever. Mm-hmm. They just were not made for each other. You guys seemed mm-hmm. like a little more solid going into this. Mm-hmm. I think Casey and Evan were were way more broken before the show started than maybe both of them wanted to admit. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And why? And that's why things happened the way they did with Evan. But it seems like you and John were pretty. I mean, even in your mind, even you said it. Like we were good. So what pushed you over that edge? It didn't sound like you guys were all that. Yeah, really broken before this thing. Other than yeah. this, this idea that you had in your head of, I don't. Yeah, and, and there's, I mean, there, there, there were other things uh, that were going on before that are private. That you know, I, 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 it's not my place to talk about. But, um, but I think just that being away from each other for a month, um, kind of isolating yourself from your normal surroundings, from your friends, from your, your the conveniences and um, you know, the routine of your everyday life. And then that combined with, um, having producers interview you all day, every day. And really just, it's like therapy, yeah. <laughs> um, having to talk about your feelings constantly and why do you feel this way? And, and, and you're really just digging deep. You're talking about your relationship all day for hours. And, um, it's like, it's kind of like a little twisted, morbid form of <laughs> therapy. And so some of the things you, you, as you're talking about them, you're coming to realizations um, and you're maybe opening up and being more honest with yourself than you realized. And then it's making you dwell on those thoughts and making you think about those thoughts and think about, think about the things that you said and why do you feel this way. And um, it just makes you like kind of step back and evaluate um, who you are as a person addressing like your demons and the things that you have going on, your issues and, um, I don't know. It made me, it just made me realize that he wasn't the one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really pinpoint. I remember, I remember about halfway through filming is when I started really getting messed up in the head. Oh, and that's also when Johnny and I's relationship started developing too. So, I mean, it could have, and I think part of it was the fact that, um, I was feeling like flirtatious with Johnny. I was feeling like these, um, this kind of like gravitational pull towards him. And he was kind of showing me some qualities and characteristics, um, that John was like, didn't have, or, you know, like things that, um, that he just reminded me of things that I was like, Oh yeah, this is kind of exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and so I think just having that, thought in my head of like okay well if I can even be you know feeling attracted or pulled or flirtatious with somebody then it makes me like question all right why why am I feeling this way what's wrong where are the gaps in my relationship and where are the gaps in me like within myself and I don't know just really evaluating you have the time you have time you have a lot of time to think there (laughs) well you mentioned the thing about isolating and i'm guessing Mm -hmm. not only for you but for all three other couples was i'm Mm -hmm. guessing this is the first time you had ever been away from your significant other for a full month oh yeah no talking you can't see them you can't write them a letter you can't text them nothing yep outside of a 30 second video halfway through filming you couldn't do anything and i'm guessing Maybe it happened with Nicole. I, di- I didn't ask Nicole and Carl this, and I didn't ask Casey and Evan this, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm guessing when you're away from them for the first time ever and you're it's a full month, you start to get a sense of, oh, I can... This person has been part of my everyday life, my everyday routine. Mm-hmm. 
I can actually see myself mm-hmm. without them now because mm-hmm. I am without yep. them and I'm yep. flourishing here and I'm yes. I'm fine. Like, yep. And in your case, you yeah. had Johnny and, and it probably led to a lot of like, oh, wow. Like, because, but before you never had the opportunity to be away from John right. for a month. Right. You know, so I get where it could set in, but then it's almost fighting of, okay, we were forced to do this. It's not like we chose it. And right. well, I mean, you did choose it by going on the show, but um, we weren't at home back in Fort Worth and we decided to go away from each other for a month. So right. it's almost like, all right, do we, is it because we are away or is it something else? And, you know, but that, that brings us to the final bonfire. And, um, I, you know, I talked about this with all our previous guests. Um, you've easily gotten the most heat of any of the women post-show. It's not even close, I don't think. Outside mm-hmm. of outside of maybe Morgan from from the couples right. you definitely have from things that were said during the show and right. I remember on the final bonfire. Well, first off, going into it, you you had told us going into that night. Did you you pretty much knew your answer was going to be I'm I want to leave the island alone? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did yes. you think I mean, what did you think John's answer was going to be, or did you not know at all? I didn't know, but I I. Was ninety percent sure he was going to say leave the island alone. Alone, okay. Yes. The comment that you made about kids, which was, "You make me not want to have kids." <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm very well versed in reality TV, and right. <laughs> I'm very well aware that there was definitely something said yes. before that sentence, and there was oh something said yes. after that sentence. But yes. That part was left in, and then it literally ended the episode with that yes. sentence. So people had to sit on I, it for a week. It's, it's funny because I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm touching his arm, and like, so yeah, I mean, I just think that things are going to work out between us. You make me not want to have kids. Like, like how does it, how do they even, the viewers, like, I don't know, it's just funny. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, I, That's so not what, exactly the way it went down. Do you, do you know what, do you remember what you said before and after? Like, what? What was the longer sentence of that sentence? I mean, it was a whole conversation that was cut out. It wasn't even a sentence. Um, there was, a, there was, you know, we're sitting there for, I don't know how long, forever, sitting there talking. Um, so I don't remember exactly. What, I mean, we were just talking about, um, oh, man, I wish I could remember, honestly. Um, but it, there was something that was said, obviously, that got me a little hit. He was, I think, maybe being argumentative with me and um, maybe like defending himself. And I was kind of maybe getting frustrated at like letting him know, kind of explaining myself as, as to um, his, his lazy, it was his laziness and his, um, lack, so I have, lack of drive I, and stuff like that. yes. And I, well, and I, it's not even that it's just like a responsibility factor um, and, and, and his drinking and, um, you know, I have to constantly baby him and like pick up after him and tell him, you know, what needs to be done, like daily responsible adult type things. And, um, I have three little brothers and he, he's watched them a couple of times and it's just like, he lets just sits on the couch and with his glass of wine and just lets him like kind of run amok and <laughs> just do whatever. And, you know, and come home and like the house would be a mess. And he, um, you know, it, it was just a responsibility factor. And, and I, it just made me think like, okay, 
if I'm going to be working and I'm going to be, you know, raising a family, I need somebody who's going to be a partner, somebody who's going to help me, not somebody that is going to be my, you know, second child or my third child, or my fourth child, however many kids you have, you know, and then he'd be like the adult child. Um, and so that's why, honestly, like as I date him, um, I would tell him like, Oh, if you're anything, if kids are anything like you, like he'd be messy, sticky. Like he'd like leave like peanut butter. Like he'd get peanut butter on like the handles of the fridge and stuff like that. Like gross. <laughs> it was like sloppy, like slop, like slop kebab. And, and so I was just like, you're gross. Like if kids are anything like you, like you make, like I don't even want kids now. Like, oh, you know, like it's, you're just so much work to keep up after. And so I would make those comments and then. Um, it, it, there is in a, in a half-hearted jokingness, but there is some, there is some truth behind it. You know, it's like, like it's pretty bad when you have driven me to the point from a, from a woman who's always wanted children to like, man, maybe I don't want kids because like, and, and what it was is maybe I don't want kids with you because you are a lot of work and you kind of, you kind of scare me as the, um, like how responsible you, responsible you would be with these kids. So I don't know. That's where that was coming from. Yeah. And I think I, I also think that and it was brought up earlier in the season and things that you were saying, it just seemed like, and the thing you've gotten heat for most about the show was Katie's treatment of John. Like it seemed it, everyone's complaint was, it seems like she's constantly demeaning him. She's constantly emasculating him. Um, that seemed to be the, I'm sure you saw it on mm-hmm. social media and things probably written to mm-hmm. you on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter and stuff like that. So what is your response to the people who say, why did you have to treat him so nasty or why do you have to emasculate him so much? I, I mean, obviously he wouldn't be with me for that long. If I treated him nasty and I treated him poorly, I did not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually a really sweet, kind, loving person and um, very like affectionate and um, like, uh, loving, I would always be loving to him, and like we'd joke and laugh a lot. And um, but I would, I would try to push him and like strive him, like sh- help him strive to be better. Um, he likes that about me. He likes that I kind of added a drive in him, or that I kind of pushed him a little bit to be better. He likes that I challenged him a little bit. Um, and as far as what you saw filming, um. I literally said constantly, I don't want to talk bad. I don't want to talk poorly about John. I'm not going to talk poorly about John. I don't feel comfortable talking about this. I don't feel comfortable talking about John. And you have to. You're, that's what you're there for. The producers remind me, Katie, you, this is what you signed up for. Like, we need to hear, you, you know. And so um, it was really pulled out, you know. And it's like, that's what, if that's what the producers wanted to hear and that's what the viewers want to hear, then then I have to talk about it. Right. And, yeah. and sometimes like my wording wouldn't come out correctly or the things I was trying to communicate. Cause I mean, even now I still have a hard time um, verbalizing what I mean. Um, and you know, like the dad, like the dad, a clear picture, the comment about him being not a great dad or whatever the yeah. comment was. No, he's great. With, and, and, and so there's different levels of being a good dad, just because you're uh, a fun dad and you play with your kids and you, um, you know, you act like one of the kids and you're on the floor, you're playing with them. That, that makes you, yes, that's part of a being a good dad, but there's a lot more to being a good parent than, than playing, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I didn't say he wasn't good with kids and that's why he was like, he had mentioned in the bonfire, 
oh, you see how I love my nieces and you see how much kids love me. Yeah, they, I, you're right. And that hurt me that it, he took a, such offense to that because it's not what I mean. It's not what I mean. And he knew it. He knew it, Steve. It was the people he was around being isolated, being with the other people, the other guys in the house, being with the other girls in the house, feeding his mind and the producers feeding his mind of, oh, Katie's so horrible for saying this. He knew exactly what I meant. And he knew exactly why I was saying those things. Like I said, there's private things that, um, you know, it's not my place to talk about. Um, so it was, he got, it was just, he had other people filling his head of like, okay, oh, feel awful. And, um, he let, he let that, um, he let that get to his head. But when the, when the, when the bonfire ended, you guys left as singles mm-hmm. and post show, I'm confused on what the hell happened. And, you know, we got the six-month update, but it seems like there's things going on. And so can you explain, now that you have a little bit more than a two or three-minute se- three video that we got on the update, mm-hmm. what happened post-show? Because obviously you guys lived together, and you mm-hmm. ended up moving out. So when you got yeah. back to Fort Worth, did you guys try and work on things and it didn't work and that's when you decided to move out or? So when I got back to Fort Worth, obviously the night, like night one, we land, I come to, I come home, you know, that's where I was going to go. I got, that was my home. I live there. Um, I pay mortgage there, or, you know, was paying mortgage there. Um, and so anyway, uh, you know, like we get home and we're, we're cordial and we're talking and as, as for two adults should, who have been in a relationship for that long, um, you know, we're hugging, we're holding each other, like crying, you know, just talking it through and, um, trying to, you know, first of all, we want to just catch up on everything that went down, everything like the good and the bad, um, the fun experiences that we had, um, our, our fellow castmates, you know, we're just catching up on everything. And then, um, obviously then trying to figure out like, where we stand and how we feel about one another and why we feel about, the, you know, how and why we feel about these things. And so it's um, and I, you know, I was I was very open and transparent that I was still in communication with Johnny, and I mean, we're, and then we're talking like a week had gone by where this is this is going on, and um, I'm letting him know. Probably the first couple of days was like, let's let's think about this, let's talk about this, let's try to decide like, is this really what we want? And then within a few days, I let him know that okay, like. I'm leaning towards, no, I, I don't think that we should be together. Um, I still want us to be friends, like, but I don't, I don't really want to work things out. He mentioned, like, let's go to counseling. Well, at that point, I didn't even want to work on things. I had already, I had decided, like, you know what, I don't, I, I just didn't want to. And, you know, if you're at that point where you don't even want to work on things, it's, it's over, right? And yeah. so, um he knew that. And so, um, then the first, I don't know the exact timeline, four five, six days. Um, after that, I started staying with friends of mine. Um, obviously all of my furniture, everything at the house is there. Um, you know, when I moved in, we, we merged everything. Um, a lot, you know, bedroom furniture was mine, living furniture was his, uh, kitchen was a mix, you know, like everything was just merged together. Um, so, and without trying to make any hasty decisions or rash, just 
whoa, give me a second to breathe. I just got back. So I went and stayed with friends and um, we were still in, you know, daily communication with one another and not work, not working things out just as my life partner and my friend um, that we were some daily communication. And, um, and I let him know that, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to go see Johnny. Um, it, you know, and it was like, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks after coming back from Hawaii and he wasn't happy about that. And I think for him, maybe he was holding on to some hope that we would still work things out. And that was like, that solidified it for him that, okay, she's serious. She's, we don't, we aren't working things out. Even though I had communicated that to him, you know, how it is, like when you're in a relationship, maybe you're hanging on to a little bit of hope. And, uh, and so I went and saw Johnny. And then when I got back, I immediately started the moving out process. I started getting boxes. I started looking for apartments. I mean, literally I went back and from New York and like the next day I went and looked at apartments and, you know, started that whole process and it's a process. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and I had, I had paid, I had paid, um, mortgage for that month. So it wasn't like, you know, I, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't paying anything or was like mooching off of him or, you know, living under his roof. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, you're living under his roof. No, it wasn't exactly like that. I was paying the mortgage and, um, you know, half the bills and, um, we were still cordial and I wasn't staying there. Um, so anyway. So it sounds uh, like, it sounds like you were a little bit surprised at what John said in the six month update. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, there's a, John surprised me in a lot of ways since, um, we've gotten back really since the show has aired and seeing the change in his personality. And I really, I mean, he shocked me a lot for, um, in a negative way. I, from the show or both or from, post show post show post show stuff yeah what, what yeah. have i missed i haven't really followed john i don't know what he said or done oh well, it's it's probably mostly just like conversations pre- between him and i um oh. but he's always been the type of guy that hasn't done well with breakups like he, i just based on our conversations like when we were dating of how he's handled exes before and like handled breakups he's he's admitted he does not handle breakups well he's not the type of guy that's going to stay friends with his ex he doesn't play nice and i do i play nice i'm respectful i'm cordial i'm friends with all my exes i feel like you're adults like why and you should respect one another that you shared x amount of time like you there was value that came from every relationship that you're in so why not respect that and why does why do things have to end ugly and be nasty you know it, it, it shouldn't be that way you should still like care about that person and be thankful and grateful for the growth that you've, um, you know, obtained from that, from that person and from that relationship. So there's, you know, once again, different set of characteristics, different personalities. So, um, there was just a lot of hard feelings on his end that, um, things he would say, think how he would act. Um, it was, you know, he just handled things harder. And so how long after you got back from filming did you move out? Was it about a month or so? Like where you were officially had gotten I mean, I was place. officially out by we got back October 6th. I was out by I was out by October 31st. And you had got you had found a place. I w- I had I put myself in storage for like um a couple of weeks and was still staying with friends before I, f- I finally signed a lease on an apartment in um November. In November. Okay. Yeah. So whatever happened with Johnny? 
Um, or what what is going on with Johnny? Maybe there is something I going mean, on now. I don't know. No, yeah, no. We're we're just friends. Um, we really don't talk much. Um, I mean, we talked a lot, obviously, right after the show, and then as time progressed, that kind of trickled out, and then it it just turned into totally platonic, just a friend, and then you know, um, whatever happened. Well, I went to New York, and I I was in a really unique situation, so I still wasn't like sure, and he had expressed some pretty strong feelings um, to me while we were on the show and then after the show and, you know, like the, the couple weeks leading up to me coming to New York, some, some really strong statements and really strong feelings. And when I got there, um, I feel like maybe he retracted on some of that a little bit. Like I, and I don't know, but maybe I, I just think that he was on this Island. He was having a good time. He kind of got caught up in and everything caught up in the moment, got caught up in everything as it's so easy. It's so easy to do. Um, and I got back to reality and realized, wait, I don't want to settle down. I want to have fun. I'm in the peak of my life. I'm starting my practice. I'm, I know everybody I'm having fun. I, you know, like, I just don't, I think he was like, Oh crap, I need to backpedal a little here and I'm not ready to settle down, which is 100% fine. So, um, but, but right now you guys don't really no. speak at all. No, I mean, we, 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 it's not that we don't speak. It's just like, I haven't talked to him in a little while. Like we're cordial, we're cool, but we don't talk like on the daily or anything. How many times did you go to New York or did he come to Texas? Was it just, was it just that once. one time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just once. Yeah. Just okay. once. We FaceTimed a lot. We talked on the phone every day for a while, but, um, you know, he knew I was going through a lot and, um, the whole transition for me was really difficult. Um, I grew, I was, I was growing a lot as a person and I still am, but, um, this breakup has been, has provided the most growth out of any of my other relationships. And I've really taken the time to change and work on myself and, and to stay single for a little bit longer and to, um, focus on my career and my, and my goals and, um, and learning and then trying to learn who I am. You know, I always thought I knew who I was, going on this show just broadened my horizons and introduced me to so many different amazing people from all different walks of life and different viewpoints and different backgrounds. And it just made me um, kind of question in a good way, like kind of question who I want to be and the direction I want for my life. Well, so. you, you talked about business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I've seen yeah. you hint towards things on social media about business. Mm -hmm. What are you, what are you doing now and what business are you yeah. getting involved in and tell everybody about like what you're doing work-wise now? Yeah. So I'm actually launching a marketing agency. Um, oh. so I was, I was, in, I was initially kind of thinking on a smaller scale, but since it's funny, cause since I made an announcement, um, on social media, which I was actually kind of apprehensive of doing that, um, just because of a lot of the heat that I get from the show. I was like, man, I don't know if I want that associated. I wasn't sure if I should make that move, but I did. And it, it was actually great because it, it made this, my business model, my business plan, my strategy, everything just expand tenfold. Like it, now it's this, um, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot bigger than I originally had anticipated, which is amazing. So, um, right now I'm in the startup phases. I'm, uh, working with investors. I'm working on signing uh, contracts and um, closing deals and all this is in in the work currently. So it's exciting stuff. Hmm. Are you still doing modeling on the side or are you yeah, focusing yeah. more about on that? Yeah, very, I mean, very little, but yeah, this is not, definitely not where my focus is, but yes, yeah, so I still do it on the side. Oh, okay. 
So yeah. this mar- when do we think this thing will like officially launch? Oh, a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, soon, soon, soon. Um, well, I also I also want to end this with uh, with talking about the same question that I had asked uh, Casey and Evan, Carl, and mm-hmm. Nicole. Was it difficult for you to promote the show and talk about the show mm-hmm. in November, December, when, whenever the cast was announced, when you can officially say, hey, I'm going to be on this show? And then as the show was going, was it difficult to promote it knowing it was the end of your relationship? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was hard. Um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we're watching these episodes live with the rest of the world at the same time that everyone else is seeing them. Like, we don't know what they're showing. We don't know what they're going to air. We don't know what's, you know, how it, the, you know, the angle and the, how it's going to be portrayed. And we don't know, um, you know, what's, we're literally watching with the rest of the world. So, um, it was, uh, it was a lot of stress and it was a lot of anxiety and it was a lot of pressure and, um, a lot of tears. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're reliving um, a breakup and then you're getting people's opinion on stuff that you're like, stuff that, you know, you usually talk about behind closed doors and you talk about in private and this stuff, stuff is being aired for the whole world to see. And then, you know, everybody has an opinion. And so it's, yeah, it was hard. For sure. Uh, it's, you know, it's, there are definitely perks to going on reality TV. And I think that's what a lot of people, tend to focus on of what you know what can come out of it if things happen if things roll my way or whatever but there's also a giant giant negative of dealing with you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them keyboard warriors haters trolls <laughs> whatever yeah. the, whatever the case may be if if you're if right. you put yourself out there on reality tv yes. people are going to have opinions and they're going mm-hmm. to have opinions on every single thing about you whether right. Whether your hair looked great or your outfit yep. sucked or your makeup sucked, like whatever, yeah, they're gonna yep. comment, and it's just something that you, I don't think people truly, I don't know, think about yeah. <laughs> when signing up for this show about yeah. how it's, it, uh, it's. And see, I did, I did think about that. I knew, I knew that that was gonna happen. I, I don't think that I realized it was going to be as bad as it was. <laughs> yeah, but because um, you didn't know the edit that you were gonna get, you had right. no idea, and that's the other thing right. that people don't think about is. Well, what if they turn me into something or they take sound bites of things that are taken out of context and they just mm-hmm. show them in a vacuum and then people think I'm this off? Because like I said, you've gotten a ton of heat for mm-hmm. the things that you said on the show. And right. unfortunately, it is what it is. And that's right. you can't change it. You can't edit the show. If you would have edited the show, I'm sure you would have given yourself a much better edit <laughs> right. Right. than the one you got. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you said, you've come out... Uh, for yourself, uh, it seems like you've done a lot of growth. Uh, you're mm-hmm. starting a business in a couple of weeks, so you've come out on on a positive side through all of this. And so, congratulations! Uh, Thank you. You know, for that. Yeah, and, I, I think so too. I mean, I, it uh, you know the the notoriety aside, like that, that means nothing compared to how much it's affected my life, uh, just who I am as a person. So I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah, and um, you know, I don't know. You and John do not speak anymore, I'm guessing, right? No. When was the last no, time you guys spoke? Um, the week before the season finale um, was the last time we spoke. and But prior to that, it was very few and far between. 
Like once you, um, once you moved out, it was a pretty clean break. Once it, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, or, it was like a, it was a slow trickle. I mean, once I moved out, it was, no, I mean, we still talked after I moved out. We were still cordial. It, it really, it was really contingent on him and his mood because <laughs> some days he'd be nice and some days he would be not nice. So I just never knew I was going to get, um, but it was like you know, a slow fade of stop, you know, ending our communication and then. It would just be here and there, and then, um, and then we kind of, you know, kind of had some, I don't know, not good, not good stuff, not good energy between us, um, right around the season finale time period. So, yeah, I haven't talked to him. Yeah, and I'm guessing you said his, you know, his moods. I'm sure it was. I'm guessing it was triggered by when he was actually watching the episodes, because, like you said, you saw it when we saw it. And I'm sure he, when he's watching the episodes I back and he's seeing was. stuff for the first time, he's like, Oh yeah. wow. She said that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's reliving it and watching it and memories. And then I also think of who maybe he's around, um, in that time period, like maybe who he's around that day or maybe who he was around the night before, or, uh, he's easily influenced by like his friends and the, you know, when people are kind of people, people kind of pump him up like, Oh, you know, F that girl or, uh, you know, yeah. um, and then, so I think that, and then just, you know, what kind of movies in that day? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like I said, it's, it's over and done with. It was a major part of your life. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, it was a yeah. life changing experience to say the least. Yeah. Uh, you are, you know, you've moved on, you're doing your business. You're starting up in a couple of weeks in, mm-hmm. uh, in a couple months. You and the girls will, I'll be meeting you guys for the first time at the, uh, at the party. So I thank you for, for coming out for that. Yeah, of course. And I'm excited. Looking forward to seeing you guys. And, uh, so Katie, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much for coming on and, and doing this. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll see you in a couple months. And again, okay. I really, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about this. Of course. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. You got it. And, uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you very much to Katie for coming on. I really appreciate that. It was not easy, probably, to talk about some things. And there are some things that we just have to, you know, she threw out there. And they're out there now. And from this point forward, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, and you'll hear me talk about it in the kind of the beginning with John, is that I kind of wanted it no. Um, I also wanted it to be where this is the first time I interviewed a couple from this show where neither had heard me interview them, the other one, before. You know, I interviewed Katie and John, and neither one of them was able to listen to a previous podcast that I did with them. Evan had already heard Casey speak all season. And Nicole had heard Carl's uh, podcast. This one was different. Neither had heard it. I don't bring up a lot to John in this interview of what Katie said. I just wanted him to share his story. A couple times I do, but for the most part, I let him speak his side. You listen to Katie just then. Now you're going to hear John, and you just can sit and compare of and just and form opinions based on that. So anyway, thank you all uh, for listening to Katie. Let's get to John. All right, time to welcome in our next guest. You just heard Katie talk about their relationship let's bring john on john thurmond of temptation island john how you doing hey steve i'm doing good how are you doing i'm doing good um this is this is different because in the other couples that i've done i've interviewed casey and evan 
and I've interviewed Carl and Nicole, but on both other occasions, Evan was able to hear the interview I did with Casey when he did his interview, and I did Carl before I did Nicole, so Nicole was able to answer, and Nicole had said she had listened to Carl's interview, so she was able to address some of the things that he said. You have not heard yeah. Katie's interview. I, you know, I'm recording you on Tuesday night, uh, April 16th. I recorded Katie yesterday on the 15th. So you don't know what she said, and I almost think it's kind of better that way because I want to hear your side of things, and people have just listened to Katie. And if things don't match up, then they can choose who they want to believe. Um, maybe, I'll yeah. fill, maybe I'll fill you in here and there on a couple things that Katie said uh, just to go along, but I'd rather keep it to a minimum just so we can hear your side of, of everything that went on. So, um, okay. first off, let's start off with, um, pretty much kind of what I started off with her in that we didn't get to see a lot of a background about you guys as a couple or even as an individual. Um, are you Texas born and bred? Where are you from? Um, I'm originally from Dallas. I lived there my whole life and I think I've lived in uh, Fort Worth for about 14 years. I moved here to go to TCU and I've, I've been here ever since. Okay. So, what part of Dallas were you, did you grow up in? I went to, uh, for high school, I went to Lake Highlands high school. Oh. So I'm, I'm from Northeast Dallas. Gotcha. Um, yeah, kind of close to, to Garland, the Garland area. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I'm in, so basically you moved to Fort Worth pretty much when I moved to Dallas, because I moved here from Southern California in July of 06. So I've been in Frisco since July of 06. That's where I live. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so, I didn't realize you were that close. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in – God, I've been here – yeah, I've been in Frisco. I haven't lived anywhere else. Um, but, yeah, and I moved here in July of 06, which was – this summer will be 13 years. So okay. uh, I didn't know you were – I didn't know you were originally a Dallas guy. I figured you were – southern boy but i didn't know where you were from <laughs> um, well, you know i definitely like fort worth more it's a lot more laid back it's not as busy as dallas so yeah it was it was definitely a nice change for sure um the other thing we talked about um we talked about how you guys met and you know living together with katie uh before you guys you know went on the show i can't remember the exact what what was the what was it again? How many years were you together and how many years were you living with her? So we, we, uh, we were together for almost three years and she lived with me for about a year and a half. Okay. So that's right. Yeah. And she was the first girl I ever lived with. So, you know, I kind of, that was, that was an experience. <laughs> um, when you guys were going through the whole casting of this whole thing and thinking about doing it, she did say that you, were the one I think even on a Skype call she said we were Skyping I remember and when they told us it was Temptation Island John was in the background shaking his head no we're not yeah we're not doing this so that yeah. was that yeah. was accurate you didn't want to do <laughs> Temptation I had Island. actually you know what's funny is I actually had guessed that it was Temptation Island because I remember oh yeah she I said probably, she did say that yeah she said when that. I was about 16 17 I remember seeing it on Fox the original original shows yeah and just the way they described it through the email I just kind of like she said yeah I got this email that said they're looking for couples that are in a serious relationship or, but are not married and I went ahead and uh, uh, applied to it just thinking why not and I text her back i was actually training at the time and i was like watch this be freaking temptation island and so when i when i was when i was home and she got the call she put it on speaker and the person said hey this is so and so with, with temptation island i was just giving her like the you know cut the neck like cut, yeah. cut, you know, in the phone conversation 
but then, you know, she, they were kind of giving us the perks of being on the show. And, you know, it kind of was a point where I kind of realized, you know what, like this will be an ultimate test to see if me and Katie are meant to be together. Um, I'd gotten some, you know, I wouldn't say pressure, but we, we talked a lot about marriage and making that next step in the relationship. And I definitely felt like Katie was ready for that, or she was definitely talking about it more than I was. And, um, I just, I just, my main thing is like, I want to be with like a, a loyal, faithful woman. That's like my number, you know, those, that's the number one thing for me to, to be with a woman that is going to be faithful because I just see so many people going through divorces because of cheating or adultery this day and age. And I just don't want to go through the same thing. You know, did you, um, did you have reason to believe that she wasn't faithful or it was just something? Yeah. You, you know, there's a couple there. I, I always, something I'm realizing now at my age is like, I always need to trust my gut. And there were some things that happened in the past. I won't really go into detail about it, but um, I found out after the show and this is something I didn't bring up is that I found out that she had cheated on me when she went on a, a work trip and there was a lot of weird stuff that happened with that. And, um, I found out after the show that she did, did cheat on me. But, um, anyway, yeah. so oops, that's all right. You know? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, when, when you guys were discussing going on it and talking about everything that all the possibilities of what could happen if we go on this show, where was your head at in terms of, before you left, was there any thought in your mind that we're going to break up at the end of this thing or we could break up at the end of this thing? There's maybe, maybe I just had a small, <clears throat> small feeling, but I actually was overconfident going into the relationship. Yeah. I actually talked to Katie, her mom and production about proposing to her. And especially just because going through the whole experience of, um, uh, making the show like me and Katie were closer than we've ever been together leading up and up to that. I remember the day we were getting separated, you know, like actually the night before when we, um, before, like we had one more night in a hotel and, um, we were both crying about being separated. We knew it was going to be tough to be separated that long. And, um, just that I was going to miss her so much. And, and then even the next day that there was, there was some filming of this. I think it was on episode one where, you know, Katie was crying a little bit and I was just trying to, I guess, kind of be tough and just be like, Hey, we can get through this. We're going to be able to get through this. Um, and then, yeah, everything just kind of unfolded <laughs> after, after that. What, what did you think your, the issues were in your relationship before you went on the show? Well, so I was, um, I was talking about this with a friend is basically the show kind of magnified and illuminated our issues. So I think in the past, I didn't really think that they were like that big of an issue. Everything that Katie said on the, sh on the show, she has said to me, you know, in the past, but I just kind of made excuses for it. I was like, you know, not, not having any experience living with a, a move-in girlfriend. I just kind of would take some of the things that she said and just kind of brush them off and not really think much of it, you know? And, um, I'm not saying I was perfect in the relationship too. You know, I have my issues, but, um, you know, one thing that she should know, I, I would be a great father. And, you know, I know she's, she said a couple other things about, you know, me being lazy or messy and yeah. Hey, I'll admit, I'll admit there's times I'm lazy. There's times I'm messy, but, you know, one thing that I usually do is I get up at least, you know, five in the morning and I go, uh, do personal training. And I usually will train from five in the morning till about 11 or, or, or noon. 
And, um, and then I'll usually want to take a nap in the middle of the day. And then, cause I usually pick back up on training around 3 PM and then usually train till about six 30 or seven at night. So I got a pretty busy, you know, training schedule. And I'd usually do that Monday through Friday. Well, sometimes, you know, when I would get home, she actually was working from home for a while when she moved into my house and there was things she wanted me to do on my break. And I was like, Hey, let's, can I just hold off on that? Like I've had a pretty busy day training. Like, let me knock that out on the weekend when I'm not, not as busy. And so I think that her <clears throat> perception was that I wanted to do nothing on my time off. And it's just cause I had such a crazy long schedule for training and, um, you know, so I think that's just what her perception was that I was lazy when I wasn't at home. So Be- now before before you left for the show, was there anything that you had no idea about was a problem in your relationship? But then once you went through filming, you realized this was it like or this is a major thing that I never either knew was there or refused to address. Um. You know, I think a little, there's a mixture probably of just me being a little ignorant on some of the issues or some of the things that Katie brought up. Um, I definitely realize now that these small little red flags I had about Katie um, could have been a lot bigger had we have gotten married and, you know, things got, got really messy, you know I mean? So I, I kind of say that I'm like, I feel like this was a blessing in disguise because I feel like we both would have been really unhappy um, down the road and that these problems that were magnified on the show would be where they were later in life with me and her. So I kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, that I'm, I'm grateful that we went on the show, you know, for sure. So even though it had a negative ending, it, it seems like, and even both of you speaking to both of you, it just sounds like you guys realize that maybe it wasn't meant for you two. Yeah. And you know, it hurts me because I was willing to like, just basically take, take it. And, you know, I, maybe part of me just wanted to, you know, my ego, maybe, you know, just say like, Hey, you know, she wants to get married. I'll show her what a good father is going to be. And, um, you know, uh, that really upset me too, because they didn't really talk about much about my dad and, and his, you know, he committed suicide. And one thing that I always told myself was like, you know, because of my, my dad loved me and he was a good dad, but at the same time, he, he struggled with alcoholism. He struggled with, you know, he was a big smoker. He smoked like two packs of cigarettes a day. And I just didn't like to be around all that, especially cigarettes. I just completely hate smelling like cigarettes, you know, after hanging out with them. So part of me kind of kept my distance, but you know, it hurt to hear her say that I wasn't going to be a good father. Cause she kind of knows, um, she never met my dad, but I told her stories about my dad and, and I just, uh, you know, that's why I kind of sunk in a little bit more, especially her saying that on national TV that I wouldn't be a good father. Cause that's one thing I've always said is like, if I have kids, I'm going to be the best father ever, you know? And I know, I know people change too when they, you know, have kids and, you know, I think that the one issue that Katie didn't really bring up, and I'll admit this, this is my weakness. I like to drink. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that's something that I've been working on and it's usually a problem on the weekends. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting, that's something I've just kind of focused my, my energy on is just at bettering myself and learning, you know, from this experience, how can I make myself better? And I hope that Katie's doing the same thing. I I hope that she's learned a lot about herself through this experience and that she can grow from it. And, you know, I I 
hope that she does find, find the guy that she, you know, is looking for and that she's ultimately happy. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that was never really brought up in the 11 episodes of the show was anything about your drinking, but it seems to have been, been a uh, topic post-show on social media and, you know, she has mentioned it. She did mention it in the podcast that, um, you know, there were times where John drank too much. And I think that just made him because he was drinking it, you know, made him, it made him lazy, made him unmotivated because he was drinking. Too, he had drunk too much and he didn't want to do anything. You know? Yeah. I think that was so insinuating maybe, you know, hung over and stuff like that. I didn't get into yeah, detail. I mean, I'll, def- I'll definitely agree. Those are the times that I've, you know, spent, I'm like, I'll still get up, get up and train, but you know, if I, if I, if I had, if I have had some drinks the night before, I definitely want to sleep a little more the next day. Um, but that's something I always try to tell Katie is like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to work on this with myself. Please don't go and get bottles of wine. She would go like, cause she usually liked to drink a glass or two of wine a night. Well, she would get me a bottle of wine and she would, op- you know, once that bottle of wine's open, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to leave, leave, leave any wine left in there, you know? So I'll, <laughs> I'll, dr- I'll drink the whole bottle, you know? And, and feel it the next day but um that's something i try to tell her i was like she didn't really understand the whole concept of having alcoholic tendencies and i just was like i'm completely fine if i'm not around it and i i kind of talk about this too if i got if i got some leftovers in the fridge i'm eating them you know like <laughs> i you know like uh it's just i when i'm trying to work on myself i don't like to be around anything that's gonna you know uh tip me tempt you know you. yeah so. It's a temptation island in your own refrigerator is what it was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she, she said another thing that was kind of a low dig was that um, she said that one of my friends on social media, she said, we'll have fun dealing with John's alcoholism and bisexual bisexuality. And um, that was definitely a low blow. She knows that I'm 100% straight and I have no problem with anybody that I have gay friends, I have gay clients. Um, and I do not see it as a character flaw. I, you know, one of the things that I found out after my dad committed suicide was that he was, he, he lived a gay lifestyle and that, that was a lot to take that, you know, I found, found out my dad was, was gay after, um, he committed suicide. Now he didn't commit suicide just cause he was, he was gay or anything like that. He, he went through some stuff where, you know, he was drinking and driving and, um, an eight year old kid stepped out in front of his car and, he hit the kid, didn't realize he hit the kid and he kept driving. And, um, luckily the kid survived, but he was, he was, um, um, an ICU for about a week. And my dad got arrested for intoxicated assault with a vehicle and he ended up quitting his job. He was such a wreck and he decided that he wanted to, um, um, go out that way. And so, um, so how, how old were you when your dad died? When this you- was about six, this was about six years ago. It was right before my 30th birthday. And you had no idea that, so you didn't find it till after the fact, after he yeah, committed so was, suicide, was, that he was gay. It was a pretty crazy story, man. So um, there was a couple times growing up that you know I remember me and my sister one time we went because my parents got divorced when I was in fifth grade, and I remember we went to my dad's apartment maybe a year or two later, and we kind of were looking around and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, you know, is dad gay? We kind of had that question that one time, and I think there might have been another time. Um, I remember his, his first partner, I thought was just a a roommate and, um, he was, he was, uh, you know, a little more on the flamboyant side. And I remember I asked my dad, I said, Hey, is, 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 uh, I think his name was Jim is, is Jim gay. And he, you know, he just kind of denied it. And then, um, 
so when we went to my dad's estate and we started clearing stuff out of his estate, uh, my sister had me try on this jacket. And when I put the jacket on, it felt a little heavy in the, in the coat pocket. And, um, it was his old cell phone, his iPhone. So I just kind of, I didn't even tell my sister anything. I just kind of kept it in my pocket. And then when I went home, I kind of started doing some snooping around and I, and I found out, you know, that he was gay. And I texted my sister and I said, Hey, did you know about dad's gay lifestyle? And she first texted me and said, who have you been talking to? And then called me and she said, yeah, dad's gay. And I said, wow. So my sister knew along with my mom and they just kept it a secret from me. Um, and hmm. apparently my dad wanted to tell me when I was in junior high and my mom made him swear not to tell me. And I guess as I got older, my dad just didn't have the confidence to to um, tell me. But, you know, one of the things that really upset me and I wish that I had known is my dad, apparently, because, you know, he was born in the, I guess, in the 60s, his dad used to beat him up and say, I'm gonna knock the sissy out of you. And so I think that really scarred my dad at a young age and probably stayed with him all all these years. And I just don't think my dad was ever comfortable in his skin to come out to me or, um, you know, just come out to, to everybody. And um, that just makes me so upset. And um, just, one thing I'm glad to see in this day's society is that there seems to be more of an acceptance, but I still think that we have, have a lot of work to do. Um, and that's something I hope to help with, with other people is just like, Hey, be comfortable in your own skin. Um, you know, uh, and be confident in yourself. And so that's something that I, you know, I wish I'd have known, but at the same time, you know, maybe every, you know, everything happens for a reason, but. Interesting. Um, I, I didn't, obviously, I don't think a lot of people knew that, um, is your, so your mother and sister knew fairly early and they just kept it from you. Yeah. Basically my mom was worried about me. Um, I don't know, being confused in my adolescent years to hear my dad, my dad's gay. That's kind of her reasoning for it. Um, and then my, my sister told me conversations about how my dad wanted my sister to help him come out to me and it just my sister was basically like well just let me know when you're ready and I'll you know I'll sit down with you and we can talk to John and I just don't think he ever he ever felt comfortable in doing that I think he was worried about how I was going to react or you know whatnot I'm not sure but it just never got around to to telling me you know huh wow I mean that's a that's a heavy story and I can yeah. see I didn't Katie said that I can see where it would kind of get. Well, why I'll go ahead. Do you know why she said it? Do you know why she wrote that? I think she just was trying to take some low blows at me because I, you know, I said some things that I regret saying, like I brought up her childhood and, um, um, how she was raised to like basically give me a understanding or even the audience. Cause I made a post on Instagram about, you know, um, kids that are, basically verbally and physically abused growing up tend to have the same, um, action towards people in their life. Um, hmm. and, uh, that's something I shouldn't have brought up. That's not my story to tell. That's, that's something that, um, you know, if Katie wants to talk about, she can, but that's something that I had promised not to talk about before the show. And I brought that up and I think she got very upset with me bringing up her, her childhood and, um, also there was some, 
some things about some past arrest she had. And, you know, somebody had, you know, one fan had showed me a, a picture of her mugshot that I wasn't aware of. And oh, I remember, I remember seeing that get out. And it was an old, it was an old from like a public intoxication or something like that. Was that what it was? Or was it a, it wasn't a DUI, was it? There was no, I think it was public intoxication in Stephenville. She went to, she went to Tarleton. Tarleton, yeah. I had never, I had never known about that. And, um, and then there was the one for domestic violence or something, um, when she was even younger. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I stooped a little low and had reposted it on like a small fan page. Um, cause you know, the, the bonfire page got shut down. Oh, the main one that temptation Island had, uh, just for like discussion board. I think that got shut down when Evan's picture got leaked with Morgan. And oh, then okay. there was a couple fans that kind of created their own bonfire page. And so this was like a small bonfire page, of like 200 people that I was, you know, asked to be on. And I had, I had reposted those pictures going, did you guys see this? And I just was kind of, acting immature about it and um anyway so I, I regret bringing that stuff up and i think that she was just trying to get me back for get me back for doing that so okay no i i can see why i mean you were obviously bothered you lashed out and she lashed out at you i mean i can see why it happened now um yeah i didn't realize that but that yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff there i mean that's that's pretty it's pretty heavy stuff, but let's let's kind of move on into the into the show now. And I want to talk about some things that that we saw and that happened. Was you know when you first get there and you see the singles, you blocked Roman from her, and she blocked Catherine from you, which ended up being the right call. Uh, Roman not so much, just because Roman was a non factor on the season. Yeah, you know, I just I just blocked him because he said he was a, he was a Southern gentleman. <laughs> And that's and that's who Katie said was her dream guy. So, you know, not specifically Roman, but the fact that you know he he introduced himself as a Southern gentleman, and I really didn't I didn't really feel threatened by any of the guys. I just kind of felt like I needed to to block somebody since Katie was blocking somebody. So I can't remember what happened on that episode in terms of who blocked first. Did she block Catherine first, or you blocked Roman first? I think that Cat. Uh, Katie blocked Catherine first. Okay, so that in turn made you want to block somebody just to say you did. Yeah, I felt like I needed to, and then especially because none of the other couples blocked anybody. So you know, we kind of felt like we needed a we needed to do, or that's what Katie said at least. She was like, you know, I felt like we should block somebody since no one else did. But I kind of feel like she was a little bit threatened by by Catherine. She we were we were very vocal um, when the single reveals were going on, and. Um, when Catherine stood up, I was like, wow, she's very attractive. And she was like the main one that I, that I said was, you know, very attractive and I liked her personality. So, yeah, I remember when that happened and I was like, okay. And then I, and, you know, cause I spoke to Catherine last week on the podcast and she told the whole story of, cause it was just one of these things where obviously Catherine was blocked from dating you all season, but yet she stuck around every week. You guys never eliminated her. And it seemed like, because, you know, Evan was with Morgan pretty much from the get-go. Uh, uh, um, Carl had something with Brittany pretty early on. So really, yeah. Catherine had nobody to go out with, yet you guys were keeping her around. So I was pretty much saying it seemed like 
you kind of knew she kind of knew she wasn't going anywhere because eventually she wanted to go out on a date with you, and I'm sure you wanted to go out on a date with her. That's why she kept getting saved every time you had to eliminate women. Yet she never got to go on any dates. So it seems like you guys spent a ton of time back at the house when you weren't on dates going out with her. So when you were out on other dates, were you just kind of doing it because you had to, uh, (coughs) knowing you wanted to be with Catherine? I'll tell you what, I actually was in survivor mode um, up until that fourth bonfire clip. So I just was literally there to survive and to fight temptation. And um, this is something I don't think Catherine will be happy to hear about. But like, I thought I kind of expressed it or she heard from some of the other girls but at the very beginning, um, maybe the first um, first elimination or like definitely I think there was talks with the guys because me and the guys would always kind of um, we usually we usually would go sit in Evan's room and discuss who we wanted to eliminate. And I'll, I, I talked about getting Catherine eliminated at the beginning because I just felt like she was my biggest temptation. And like I said, I, I just was trying to survive and show that I could be a loyal boyfriend to Katie. So there was talks about um, eliminating Catherine, but we just decided to, um, you know, keep her around. And there were some other girls that were causing a lot of drama in the house that we decided to, to, to get rid of first. And then, you know, Brittany was actually, um, cause me and Brittany, like she, she's like, she was like my home girl. Like we got really close, um, and just helped each other through the experience. Um, I just really love Brittany. She's just very genuine and just, um, just a good soul. And she actually, uh, convinced me to give Catherine a chance. And like, you know, she was basically telling me like, Catherine's a genuine girl and she has genuine feelings for you. You really need to give her a shot. And I think that might've been around the time that I saw the fourth bonfire clip with, with, um, with Katie getting in bed with Johnny. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I definitely feel a good vibe with, with Catherine and, um, you know, I need to, um, like we had several conversations before that and everything, but that was really kind of like the turnaround for me was, was having that discussion with Brittany. Um, and then, uh, just going, going for it. There was a ton of stuff that happened with, you know, hooking up and stuff like that. But I think one of the things that was interesting was at the time it happened, which was episode seven, I believe, was the whole thing with the video messages. The two people that we as an audience had seen, quote unquote, stray at that point were Evan and Katie. And yet, yeah. and those were the two that did not send a video message. So what were your feelings when you didn't get a video message? Were you mad, pissed off? Were you frustrated? Were you just like, or was maybe I, that the point in the show where you were like, she didn't probably, send me a message, I'm done. Like we're done. It was probably it was probably a mixture of all those feelings, like just betrayal, um, just like a feeling of like, man, like, you know, and I was trying to actually I talked about this in my confessional. I just was like, you know, I don't know if she's mad at me, if she saw something in one of my video messages or uh, in one of my bonfire clips or what. Um, you know, I just have no clue what's going in her, you know, going on in her mind. Like and then I'm just like, God, like, you know we've been together for almost three years and we're only separated for, you know, I guess it was about three and a half weeks apart and, you know, not to even get a video message. And it just, it felt really bad too, to see all the other guys get video messages. And I was the only one that didn't, but yeah, that was definitely my breaking point. Um, 
if I had a, you know, if I had gotten a video message, I probably that you know basically was Katie saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, I've made some mistakes." I might have tried to, to to wait wait it out and just confront her about everything. But yeah, as soon as as soon as as soon as I didn't get that video message, I was like, "I don't even need to see Katie at this point. Like, we're done. Like, I'm definitely going to pursue Catherine and and see if you know see what happens with her." So. Yeah, and I spoke about yeah. it with Catherine about your strategy of until I see something with Katie that gives me reason to start opening up more to another woman, I'm just going to lay low. And it just seems like that's what your plan was. Like, I just don't want to I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to piss Katie off until I see her do something that essentially pisses me off. Then I'm going to go and pursue somebody, which ended up being Catherine. And I think you guys even got in a little mini argument over it because she was like, oh, I. I got a lot of heat from that, from not just Catherine, but like, you know, you saw Hannah, Hannah was, Oh yeah. Hannah, Hannah was pissed. (laughs) Catherine. uh, Oh yeah. Catherine's a big fan of Hannah too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was, I was cracking up with with y'all's podcast. (laughs) I think, I I think I texted her. I was like, Oh my God, you're hilarious. Um, but I, I, I have no problem with Hannah. I have no problem with anybody, um, on the show at all. Um, uh, maybe probably Katie, but you know, that's about it. Um, but, uh, um, yeah. so when, when we went going into the final bonfire, I, you, you knew you were going to break up with her, right? What did you think Katie was, her decision was going to be? All I know, man, is I just saw red when I was walking up to see her. Um, I was, I was so mad. Um, I really, didn't know what I was going to say. I mean, I had this actually, um, this is like a little inside scoop. So Carl and Nicole actually confronted each other before me and Katie and, um, the, you know, production drove me up there, not realizing it was going to take Carl and Nicole such a long time because they kind of went back and forth. Yeah. Um, I literally had to wait in the car for two hours before I confronted Katie so that was like the longest two hours of my life. I was like, I just want to get this over with. I want to be done. Like, so I had plenty of time to to sit in the car and think about some of the things that I was going to say. And, um, you know, some of the things I mentioned, you know, in front of her were, you know, like no, no woman that truly loves a man is going to break them down. Like you broke me down. I need a woman that's going to build me up, not, you know, you know, break me down and bring up every little negative thing about me, you know? Um, so that's something I brought up and, um, trying to think what else, um, just, I talked about knowing that I'm going to be a good father and, you know, and then she said something about it, you know, actually when we first sat down, I was surprised because she was giving me like, kind of like the teary, like, I love you eyes, you know? And I'm like, and she was, she, she was being affectionate too. She was holding your hand. Yeah, she was trying to be affectionate with me. So that really threw me off. I just based on everything that took place, everything that I saw, at least I thought she was just going to be really closed off like she was completely done. So that was that was kind of that really kind of threw me off to see her kind of acting like that. I think at first I kind of held her hand and then I ended up kind of pushing her hand away, um, you know, as we started talking about, you know, our relationship and everything that happened. But um yeah, it was it was really tough. <clears throat> when the comment came out of her mouth about you make me not want to have kids, I did ask her about this. She said it was part of a long conversation. 
and they just took that one sentence out of it. She obviously did say it, but there was stuff said before it, stuff said after it. What was your assessment of the you make me not want to have kids statement? I mean, it still hurt the way she said it. Um, you know, uh, I guess she probably is talking about the context of saying that, um, you know, I'm a man child and that I act like a kid. Um, yeah. I mean, I try to act young and I try to have a good time. And um, I don't know if she's wanting me to, I, I didn't know if she wants me to just be more serious or what, but. You know, like I was telling you earlier, I, you know, I, I own my own house. I have good credit. I own a personal training business. Um, I do adult things, you know, uh, I, you know, I can't say the same for Katie, you know, I hate to call her out on that, but I mean, there's a lot of things that I actually asked of her that weren't happening as well. I remember six months, six months into us dating, um, I basically told her that, I was looking for a power couple situation. I want a woman that's going to try to provide just as much to the table as me. And I don't want to have to piggyback anybody. And, and, you know, uh, maybe once we have a family and kids, I'll, I'll step up because you're obviously, you know, needing to be home to raise these kids. But, you know, those are some issues that I never brought up on the show or, or whatever. And those are things that I'll talk about today is like, you know, I think it's a, it needs to be a two way street. There, there needs to be both that are contributing and, you know, I feel like a lot of times she tried to put me under a microscope and she tried to mold me and she tried to, you know, I'm, I feel that my, my business is pretty successful. I just, I don't think that it was successful enough for her. And, you know, she, you know, I'll go ahead and say this too, cause I've already said it, but like when she says she wants a Southern gentleman, I really think she's just looking for a rich guy that's going to provide for her. And that's fine if that's what she wants and that's going to make her happy. I hope she finds that. But I feel like, you know, a lot of it was her just putting me under a microscope and just only focusing on, you know, things I need to work on or that, you know, she never brought up anything good about me. Um, and so anyway, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that a lot of the stuff that Katie said on the show, she had said to you numerous times in your relationship. Well, I don't know about numerous, but she had said to you in your relationship before. So nothing when you were watching the show back, when it starts airing in January, and you start seeing the, the the alpha male comments and the lazy, the motivational things that she was saying, or that he sometimes lacks motivation. When you watched it back, were you still what was what was your reaction? Um, it actually just made me more upset and just made me more kind of bitter. Um, you know, and I, I talked about this with a friend. I was like, even if for some reason me and Katie just managed to like get over what happened on the island and we're still together. I think after seeing these episodes, we would end up breaking up or I would be like, okay, you got to get out. Like, cause like I said, the only things we saw were the 32nd bonfire clips. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that really upset me to see. Like she mentioned on her date with, with Johnny that, you know, that she never felt fireworks with me and that, you know, she felt something with Johnny. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, first of all, me and Katie like had, a phenomenal first date. Like she lived in Las Colinas and she, you know, she drove to Fort Worth and we had a date that was supposed to only be a couple hours turn, turn into a whole weekend and we hit it off and we were like inseparable for, you know, at, ever since that happened. And, and then, um, 
I have some clients that I train out to train out in Ulysses, which is kind of on the way to Las Colinas. Yeah. And I used to drive to see her on the weekends and we'd alternate weekends. And like, we just were, you know, we really, I definitely think that like, she can't say we didn't have sparks and we had a phenomenal relationship. And I would say it just kind of turned South maybe this last year or maybe the year and a half that she lived with me. Um, you know, where things started, you know, maybe there was things that started, started to get on her nerves of how I lived or whatever. But, um, you know, that's yeah. basically, that's basically it. Like I, you know, I just, yeah, obviously the relationship changes when you go from dating to moving in because I, there's no two people I don't think in this world that have ever moved in together and every single thing the other person did, they loved. There's just no, there's, it's impossible. Like, yeah, uh, but I also told her, and she mentioned some of the things. I think I can't, I can't remember the details that she shared, but it was it was really small stuff, but stuff that you did about you know, leaving, you know, walking by the trash twenty times and it hadn't been taken out or something like that. Just and I was just like, well, that's not something you break up. You wouldn't break up with him over that. And she goes, no, obviously. But I, she goes, these are just some of the things that built up on my end that bothered me about John. It's almost like, it's almost like she wanted to be a micromanager. And, you know, one thing that she always talked about and she, and that's the thing too, is like, she's kind of like hypocritical, um, or she contradicts what she says because she says, she always says that she believes in traditional family values or like that it's the man's job to go do yard work and do stuff outside and stuff like that. And it's the woman's job basically to cook and clean. Well, guess what? I ended up doing all the, like I would do all the outside work and, um, I cooked a ton. I always cooked grilled, you know, like would, um, do meal prepping for us and stuff like that. And, you know, she would cook on occasion, but rarely. And then she would always ask me to help around the house, like with, with doing laundry and stuff. So, I mean, it could go either way. Like I, like I said, I don't want to sit here and talk about those small things. Yeah. But, you know, that's basically what happened is, is, you know, just she would get to where she wanted to nag on me or she wanted to find she wanted to put me under the microscope and and, um, you know, just uh, just get agitated. I don't know. So let's talk about post show and the timeline and everything that went down post show. I asked her she she explained her timeline of things that happened from the second you got back on October 6th or October 7th. So now your turn. What what okay. in your mind happened or what did happen in on your timeline from the time you got back on October 6th, October 7th, whatever date it was, in terms of her starting to move stuff out, having a conversation about are you guys going to try and work on things? What happened? Okay. So, yeah, we got back October 7th. Um, she had lost her job prior to the show. Um and so she went before I even asked her, like, cause she would help out with paying for mortgage and stuff like that. Before I even asked her, she had already sent me, um, a payment, um, through Venmo. And so I was like, okay, I'll let her stay till the end of November. So she can, you know, start job searching and find a job and save a little cash so that she has that for, you know, her apartment and stuff like that. In the meantime, you know, she, we're, we're living together. Um, I'm getting, it's, it's just obviously a weird feeling to come back to the house after going through something like that. And, um, so we kind of still showed a little affection towards each other. Like, you know, there's a few times like when we got back that we would just like basically peck on the lips and that was it. And then 
long hugs. And, um, I got to where I was finally like, this just doesn't seem right. Like we're broken up. Like, you know, we should probably stop showing each other any sort of affection. And then Katie would still continuously try to come up to me and like, give me a long hug. And, um, you know, I'm sure she said some things too, like, you know, like, I, I don't even know if she said, I love you, but I, maybe that happened once or twice. I don't know. But, um, uh, but yeah, definitely words, you know, like loving words and stuff like that. And you know how you come up with like different, like little love names and stuff like that. She would still call me these love names and stuff. And it got to where I finally was just like, you know, you got to stop, stop hugging me. You got to stop showing me affection and stuff like that. And then, you know, I even mentioned going to counseling and, you know, I told her, I said, Hey, we can go to counseling. and I'm not sure that I'm going to get over this. And, you know, I know that I, um, got with Catherine and stuff like that too, but I just don't know if I can move on from this point. If anything, if it can't help our relationship, at least it will help us individually. Cause what we went through was pretty intense. And she basically kind of said like, you know, don't waste your money on that. And maybe, I don't know, a couple of days later, she was like, this is probably towards the end of October and don't, don't fact check me on this, but I know there's some pictures on social media that she had posted when she was in New York, in New York. So it was either late October or like very early November. <clears throat> and, um, so then she informs me that, you know, she's like, you're going to get mad at me. Um, Johnny bought me a flight to New York and I first kind of laughed about it. I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go this, this coming weekend. And I was like, and then just the more I thought about it, the more I just got pissed off because all of her stuff was still in my house. Um, you know, her cat and dog were still here and everything like that. And I just, the more I thought about it, the more I got pissed off and just realized like, Hey, I know that we're broken up, but this is like completely disrespectful. You could wait until you've completely moved out of my house to go see Johnny. Like what's another month or two to, you know, before you go see him. So I gave her every opportunity in the world to think about that and not go, but she still went. And so while I'm taking care of her cat and dog that weekend, I moved all of her stuff out of the master bedroom, just stacked all of her stuff um, towards the front of the house. Um, I definitely thought about throwing her stuff out, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, and then, so when she got back, she got really mad that I'd moved all her stuff. And I just was like, what do you expect? You're, you're, you're moving out. And you went and saw Johnny, all this and that. And then I guess things didn't go as planned when she went to New York. Um, and so that's when she started being really apologetic to me. And she even was like, I know I did you dirty and all this and that. And, you know, it could have been that she just was trying to um, make more time to stay at my house. I'm not sure. But I just told her, I said, I don't think you'd be apologizing to me if, if things went good in New York, you know. And um, so, she, you know, I don't think she was too happy that I didn't accept her apology. And then finally, I think we moved all of her stuff into storage and then um, – and I basically had to do all the moving cause she, had, she, we were going to move it one day and she had a job interview in Dallas and, um, or like we were planning on moving one day and it was going to rain that day. And the next day she had a job interview in Dallas and I just told her, I said, don't worry about it. I'll get the U-Haul and I'll get my business partner. We'll, we'll move all your stuff into, into storage. <clears throat> so did that. And then, um, then she start once all of her stuff was moved out, that's when she started to do like couch surfing. She'd go stay with her friend for four or five days. And then she'd always, you know, text me or call me and say, Hey, can I stay just for the night? 
And then she did that for a while. And then it got to where I guess she finally found a apartment in Dallas. And she's like, she asked me, she was like, Hey, um, so basically it's going to cost me all the money to move in. Can you help me pay for these movers? So I was like, sure, here's 400 bucks. Just take it. Don't worry about it. I just was ready to be done. Um, and that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. She finally moved out and, and then, um, I actually had two roommates move in when she was in the process of moving out. So that was kind of nice. I just filled my house back up with two roommates. Oh, that's right. One of, one of which we saw on the six month update, right? That's yeah, that's Jennifer. And then, um, my other roommate, her name's Eve and Eve's in the military and it's like not even having a, a roommate. She's always gone. She just got back from Poland. She was in Poland for a month. So it's pretty cool. Um, and they, they help out a lot around the house and stuff like that. So it's pretty nice, man. <clears throat> so what is like the, like right now, what is your feelings towards Katie? Do you, do you hate her? Do you, are you pissed at her? Or are you just like, whatever? It's, you, over, know, you know, I, what, what are you got, feeling? I've kind of gotten to a point where I don't like to hate anybody. Um, just doesn't feel good to hate somebody. Um, I definitely probably still have some bitterness, but nothing like I did. Um, I don't really expect to like be friends with her again, but I do hope, you know, I do hope I'll, I'll definitely cherish the, cherish the good times we had in the past. Um, but you know, like, like I said, she was my longest relationship and, you know, we, we had a crazy, I, one thing I joked about, um, with Katie, as I said, you know, no matter what happens on temptation Island, this is going to make for one hell of a story, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, but I've gotten to a point now where I'm just kind of tired of, of, of fighting and like this stuff going on on social media. I'm just glad that the show's over. I do hope the best for Katie. And like I said earlier, I think I really hope that she spends this time to reflect on herself and realize her issues because I'm trying to do that myself. I'm trying to always try to better myself. So I hope, I hope nothing but the best for Katie. Yeah. It's a good message. And, you know, kind of the same thing with, I mean, you guys are going through the same thing that Evan and Casey were for the most part towards the end where it was just a lot of social media sniping back and forth. And, you know, they had to relive that awful final bonfire between those two. And then it just, you know, they both said things that maybe they probably both regret now. And it's just like, but they're both in a better place. Evan's happy with Morgan. Casey has moved on. She's happy in her life. It's just like, but because the show had just aired, obviously media is coming to all the couples now. Hey, talk about the show and all this. And you're like, you're talking about it because you're kind of, you're kind of forced to because you were a main star on this show, but yet you're talking about something that you're pretty much not even in anymore because all that happened back in October. But yet here you are in, you know, the end of March having to talk about it again. You're just like, Oh, God, like, yeah, it's been the longest, it's been the longest breakup of my life. Yeah. I can <laughs> it's, it's been a six month continuous breakup pretty much. Yeah. And then now we're a, a pretty much a month removed from the finale and you know, we moved on. Like you said, there, there has been stuff on social media and you've made mistakes and you've said some things that you wish you could take back. And I'm sure she has yeah. too. And you know, now it's just, everyone moves on and goes their you know, separate ways. Um, but yep. talk about, uh, you know, we spoke to Catherine last week and we had found out that you are going to visit Catherine in first or second weekend in May in Nashville. So, yeah. So, uh, so how's that? Like, what are your 
I asked her, but she was just kind of gave me the, oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like what, what's your thought process going into that weekend? Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't believe it's, it's taken long enough, but yeah, yeah. Um, I actually feel like this is a healthy timeline. Really? Um, I'm, I'm just not the type of guy that can jump from one relationship to another. Um, especially <clears throat> really putting that much, um, you know, commitment and, and, uh, you know, uh, investment in a relationship, it's really hard for me to just jump from one to another. So, and then like I told Catherine, I said, I needed, I just need some time to like heal. And, you know, I told her that watching these, these episodes have, have almost been like reliving it. And so I've just needed this time to myself. And, you know, I, we talked both about not really having expectations. Um, I've heard, I just told, uh, Catherine, let's just kind of go with the flow and see what happens. And I'm just excited to see her, um, and just to catch up and, and just to see Nashville. I've heard Nashville's a really fun city and I just feel like I kind of need a, another vacation after all this. So, yeah, but, no, I hear you. Uh, and it's the first weekend or second weekend of May. When are you doing it? So I guess, I guess it's the second week I'm leaving May 8th through the 11th. May through 11th. It's yeah. like a Wednesday, Wednesday through a Saturday. Yeah, when she told me, I guess for some reason, I didn't know. I mean, I guess I really wouldn't have known, but um, I didn't know that you guys had not seen each other since you left the island. I figured somebody had, she had been down here or you had been up there in these last five months, six months, and I guess you hadn't. I was surprised. Yeah, just kind of wanted to, um, you know, I just really wanted to uh, commit to my NDA agreement. You know, I was worried about, people finding out spoilers, pictures, you know, especially seeing what, you know, went happened with Evan and Morgan and just some other leaked information. I just was like, I just want to stay under the radar until, you know, the show's over and then we can, you know, plan a trip. Um, uh, and she, she had talked a little bit about coming to Dallas and stuff like that, but I finally just bit the bullet and, um, got the ticket just about two weeks ago. Just said, Hey, I finally got the ticket. <laughs> Yeah, no, she was she was excited, and I was surprised. I, I don't know. I just thought you guys had seen each other, or but that makes sense now that you just didn't want uh, anything getting out of you know if somebody saw you guys, especially if you did it after January. I guess maybe I thought maybe sometime between October and December, you guys had seen each other, where nobody knew who you guys were. So kind of like how Katie visited Johnny in New York, and they took pictures together at the time. I think one of them was at the Giants game or Jets game. Obviously, nobody at that game would have even known who they were because they didn't even know that they were on a TV show. We hadn't. Yeah, that's true. We didn't, that's we didn't know true. the cast. That's true. That probably would have been a good time. I just don't think I was like emotional, emotionally available yeah. um, at that time. That makes and then, sense. you know, especially just the felt like a long process of getting Katie out of my house. And I actually, when she would, she, when she would ask to spend the night on that that period where she was kind of floating, you know, couch surfing or whatever. I would just go and stay the night at my sister's house and it just was really, you know, I just wouldn't be able to sleep that well at my sister's house. I'd still have to get up early in the morning and it just was just really emotionally draining. Um, and then January, I'm usually really busy with, with personal training. You know, everybody's trying to get in shape for the yeah. you know, for New, New Year's, Year's resolution. New Year resolution. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, finally just to kind of align where this, this would be a good time for me to come. So super excited about it and so that's what you're doing now just talk about uh kind of what you're doing now. still doing your your training 
is is your main deal, your main job? Yeah, just been focused on uh, personal training, just trying to get myself back in shape. Um, you know, pretty much my one of the things that helped me get through Temptation Island was was drinking every day. Um, so <laughs> I drank I drank a ton, and um, I felt like oh my god, I'm getting super fat. So you know, I've I've gotten back, I've lost about. 20, 25 pounds since, since being back from the show, just trying to focus on my health. Like I said, I'm, I've been cutting back on the drinking and just, you know, just trying to really just focus on the training business. I started a, um, online training. So basically, you know, fans or whoever that, you know, are out of state can do a FaceTime where I basically put them through a workout. So that's been, that's been pretty good. I picked up a couple more clients doing that and about to, um, we're about to get a, uh, some of our, t- our, our, tr- our business name is called true fit. So we're going to make some true fit shirts and I want to give a percentage of the, um, of the, the money we make to like suicide prevention or some sort of charity event to, you know, kind of, kind of for my whole dad's story and stuff like that. Yeah. So no, that's really cool. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you get, you ever hit Carl up with training tips do you guys share tips when you guys were out there on the island or even show not so much but like i actually worked out with him a few times um during the show but yeah we we were both kind of giving each other tips and our favorite little moves and stuff like that even evan's pretty you know pretty into it too so evan and javen all of them are like i was like man of course i'm like the least out of shape out of these three guys but yeah carl evan and javen have you know bodies that are basically chiseled uh, I mean, yeah, and, I still think, I still think that I can outlift them as far as, <laughs> as like heavyweight, yeah. but yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely ripped up. Yeah. Um, when is the next, uh, Evan mentioned it, that you guys are getting together soon. Do you guys have a, a plan for the four of you to oh, have a weekend together or whatever you got boys weekend? Nothing set in stone, but I actually had, um, uh, Instagram live with, with Javen. And we, we talked about maybe going to an all inclusive resort, uh, later this year. So that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun to set that up. But, um, you haven't heard anything, uh, as far as any like specific details, but definitely want to, want to see the boys. And that was the cool experience too. You know, like, um, just getting, I felt like it was fate for me to meet these guys. They really, we really helped each other get through the whole experience. And it was really humbling too, to like, hear about Javen's family and his his you know relationship with his dad and I don't know if he's talked about that I don't want to tell his story but no um you know and then Carl had a pretty rough upbringing as well and it made me really humble to to hear their stories and make it made me realize man I really had a a very good childhood you know even even everything with my dad my dad loved me and he was a good he was he was a good father for, you know, like he took me on fishing trips and we did a lot of stuff together and it just made me realize, God, for all this time, I've like really said, poor me, I really have had a great life, you know? And then it was, uh, it, I really connected with, with Evan too. And his whole story with, with his dad, um, yeah. and, you know, just like to talk to him about that. And then I t- told him about my dad and stuff like that. It just was, it was just, yeah, we had, we had a lot of good bonding and, yeah, definitely. They'll always be my boys. Is is it tough? Not that it's tough to be friends with them, but because three of you broke up, but Javen is with Shari, and you know, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure the three breakup couples, you and Evan and Carl, talk about 
Katie and Nicole and Casey, just like they probably talk about you three. Uh, is it, is it weird at all or? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little weird. Like, um, you know, it was kind of weird. It's like, I was talking to Javen, um, on Instagram live and then Shari popped up. I have no problem with Shari, but for me, it's a little weird to know that she's like best for like really good friends with Katie and Nicole and all that, you know? Um, I haven't really talked to Casey that much. Like, I think we follow each other on Instagram, but, um, I know we kind of, you know, went through the same process, you know, or kind of had similar stories of what happened on the island. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling to, to know that Shari's good friends with, with Katie at least. And I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. I haven't put too much thought into it, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I brought it up to Casey and Evan and I don't know if I mentioned it to Carl and Nicole, but you know, assuming Javen and Shari have a wedding down the line, you guys are all going to be there. Yeah. probably for the first time since the island when you guys were all together and three of the couples that will 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 have been broken up i'm sure each one of you will bring a date that's you know not <laughs> the person that yeah. they were with hey, it's, thanks thank i didn't even think about that man so now i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh shit that's the truth i guess we'll just bring Catherine. <laughs> yeah you bring cat i mean obviously evan will bring morgan assuming they're still together and casey will bring somebody i'm sure that she's dating and it's just you know, I just asked them, is it going to be kind of weird? And she, and you know, Evan and Casey both said like, I mean, it might be weird that we're there, but you know, are we going to talk and hang out and catch up? No, we're just, you know, we're there for Javen and Shari. So we're just going to go about our business and, and do that. We're not going to make it about us. We're just going to enjoy it. But I guess just, just the awkward to be anywhere with a new person when your ex is there and if they're probably going to be with a new person, that's just awkward. Period. It's, 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 it's multiple exes, not just, yeah, not just one, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that is going to be a, a pretty uh, weird dynamic, but yeah. um, we'll see when the time comes for sure. I'm not even sure when they're going to get married or anything, but yeah. Well, to fo- to follow one final thing to talk about uh, the other couples when, I don't know, maybe two, three days into filming, what were your predictions based on the little that you knew about them and just seeing the interaction between the other three couples? What was your early season predictions of what you thought was going to happen? Because you said it and I, and Katie said it on our interview when I asked her flat out, like, did you ever think in a million years at the end of this thing, you and John were going to break up? And she said, absolutely not. Like I never, it never, I never thought it was going to happen. So, um, so for the other three, uh, other three couples, what were your early days there thoughts? Well, I was going to say my only prediction was completely wrong. And, uh, that was, that was based on Javen and Shari. Like they were getting into it when the, the singles were revealed. Like, I think that Javen said a comment about the girls not having very good guy selection (laughs) And then Shari completely spinning. It was spinning. It was like, oh, you think that you guys have good selections or what? <laughs> you know, and it was just like, oh, my God, it just was getting a, like heated. And so me and Katie were sitting right in front of them and we just looked at each other like, oh, my God, like they're not going to survive. Like they got serious jealousy and trust trust issues. And I've never really felt too much of that with Katie. I've never had I've never had much jealousy with with Katie. Katie hasn't had much jealousy for me. And haven't really, you know, questioned and, you know, had any issues with trust. Like I know there's several times that, you know, me and Katie have gone to a bar somewhere and she'll come back with a drink and be like, Oh, this guy bought me a drink. I'm like, awesome. That saves me money. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, that was the one prediction I made was that Javen and Shari weren't going to survive. I really had no clue about the other couples. Um, we didn't have much time to really talk yeah. uh, to, to the couples or to know what their issues were. Um, and then I guess, I guess when Evan started opening up to Morgan, I was like, Oh crap, he ain't going to last with Casey, you know? Um, and then I wasn't sure about Carl. Like I, I didn't know much about Nicole. Um, Carl, I kind of felt like he was in it to survive just like I was. And Javen for sure. Javen was like, Oh, I can't even smell your breath. You know, he was like, I can't even like touch you, you know? So like I knew Javen was just there to survive. Um, and then I felt like me and me and, uh, Carl were on very, like we had similar, um, other than Nicole really talking bad about him, like, you know, but the, it was the fourth bonfire where me and Carl looked at each other and like, man, that's over. You know, like Katie and Nicole got in bed with two, I mean, two different guys. So, (laughs) and it was weird too, because at first things were kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say boring or anything like that, but like everybody was just not really kind of closed off. And then it just seemed like, you know, just uh, things just came pouring down on on us, you know. And then uh, Carl kind of felt the same way as me going, well, me and Nicole are done, so I'm going to pursue, you know, see what's going on with Brittany. I did the same with Catherine and, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely at the beginning. I think well, I was just going to say definitely. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to. I was going to say. I think your prediction of Javen and Shari breaking up. I think that was a lot of people's. I mean, I don't think you're. It's not like you had some wild ass prediction there. I think a lot of people when they saw that episode were like, "These two are never going to make it." Like they're fighting over something. So just the introduction of the singles. Like how are they going to? How are they going to yeah. make it through this thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure and a lot of people thought that. Maybe that's how they survived. I don't know. Like I, I felt like maybe like I don't know. Like I was just like maybe they have to be that strict with each other for them to survive something like temptation Island. I have no clue, but, but like I said, me and Katie, we felt a lot of confidence with our relationship. And, um, you know, like, I, like I said earlier, I think that I had some doubts about, I had some small doubts about Katie being loyal and you know, maybe that's ultimately what was in the back of my mind, but yeah, we definitely didn't see, um, see the outcome like it happened. Well, John, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this and even opening up about uh, the stuff with your father that obviously we knew from the show that he had committed suicide, but we didn't know the other parts of his story. So I I appreciate you opening up about that, and I'm glad I was able to connect with Catherine last week, who put me in touch with you, and we're we're able to have, like I said, I I shared a couple things that Katie said uh, in in the podcast I recorded that people are listening to just before this one. Um, but I did want to keep it somewhat separate so people can listen to Katie, listen to you, and then make whatever judgment they want on either of you based off that. Uh, it's just, I, I think that's great because you don't really get a rebuttal from the other person either, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I did it with, you know, Evan was able to rebut when Casey was on the podcast and Nicole was able to rebut what Carl said. But Nicole actually never even, she never even went after Carl. And Nicole was very respective, uh, respected. Uh, she was very respectable of Carl. I don't even think she even addressed other than to say when I asked her flat out, did you hear Carl's podcast last week? And she said, yes, but I don't think she really ever got into anything. Um, And so it's, I think it's, it's probably better this way where it's just like, look, you're both going to speak your part. And there were some things that you said, I know in this podcast that you said absolutely lined up with what Katie said. There's also some things that you said that, 
was never brought up with Katie. Uh, the the uh, the Instagram post about have fun with his alcoholism and bisexuality. I didn't know really about that, so I never brought it up to her. So that is yeah. something that was never even talked about. Um, and there are some things that you said that maybe were contradictory to what she said. So, but again, I'm not going to sit here and say, all right. Let's bring uh, Katie back on. And Katie, you respond to John's interview because then you're <laughs> yeah. going to want to respond to what she says about your interviews. And it, ju- it would just be never ending. It'd so, be a back and forth for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on, and and I'm gl- and I think people are going to like both of these interviews. You know, and I trust me. Look, I, I know how this works. There's a lot of there's a lot of inherent bias of fans. People who already like Casey will pro uh, Casey. Uh, people who already like Katie will probably just dismiss whatever you said negative about her and people oh, yeah. who, and people who like you and don't like Katie and don't like the way she treated you will say good on John. And you know, I hated Katie anyway. And I don't believe a word she says, like, I get it. That's what, that's what, that's how opinions are usually formed on the show. Whoever you already like, you're just going to go along with, you know, their side of the interview. So yeah, I'm just, I wanted you guys to both speak on it. And I think it's great that you both did. And I think it'll be a really interesting interview for people to listen to back to back. So, uh, again, John, thank you so much for coming on. Have fun when you go to uh, Nashville in a few weeks, and um, definitely. And we'll, we'll be in, we'll we, be in touch. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll keep you posted about how the trip goes. Yeah, definitely do it. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. And since we're somewhat close, are you? You're still in Fort Worth, right? You're still in that place. Yeah, still in Fort Worth. My uh, my uh, parents they still live in Dallas. So my stepdad and my mom. So. I go to Dallas quite a bit, so yeah, yeah. We'll we gotta, fi- we'll figure out a time. We gotta have a beer sometime. We'll we'll definitely, you know, hit up a hit up some bar in uptown or something, and uh, and and pull back a you know, whatever. For what's, sure, what's man. The, what's the term? I don't know the term of it. Pop back it's a like, few beers. Yeah, <laughs> pop back a pop back a few beers. That's know, it. Pull back a few <laughs> beers. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have a few beers uh, sometime. That'd be great. Awesome, man. That sounds great. Well, I, I enjoyed talking to you, and uh, it actually was kind of like a therapy session for me, so it felt good. <laughs> you got it, man. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. That sounds great. Take care, man. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you to John for that and to Katie before him. Two interesting interviews. Like I said, there are some things in those interviews that are contradictory. There are some things in those interviews that absolutely line up. What Katie said, John said as well. And there are some things that we talked about in the John interview that never got brought up in the Katie interview because I didn't know. So, yeah, really interesting to hear both sides of that relationship. Ultimately, though, I think after listening to the both of them, you could probably agree that they probably weren't made for each other. And it was probably a good thing that they went on the show and things happened the way they did. And they've both moved on and they both seem happy and, you know, working towards a life with somebody else. And that's probably ultimately what it would have ended up being. Even if they left that Island together, I think John even referenced, we probably would have broken up once I saw everything that was airing. So anyway, this uh, podcast is brought to you by, by Philo say goodbye to huge cable bills with Philo. It has over 50 of your favorite channels like MTV, a and E lifetime history channel, Hallmark HGTV, enjoy live and on demand TV plus unlimited recording for only $20 a month with no contract needed, Philo is available on Roku, iOS, Fire TV, Android TV, and Apple TV. Start your free trial instantly with just a phone number. To start your free trial, visit philo.tv 
slash Steve. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash Steve. If you go now, you'll also get 15% off the first month. Again, thanks to both of them. I really appreciated it. A lot of fun. And the more I talk to these couples, we've basically talked to three of the four couples. The only ones we haven't spoken to are Shari and Javen. Hopefully get them on at some point. But the thing is that I'm learning by talking to all three couples is this may seem so cliche and so generic, but everybody's different and every relationship is different. And it seems like they're all doing better and they all learned something from doing the show. And I think that was the whole goal when you really think about it, set out to do it. And yeah, it might be a lot of heartbreak. And as a viewer, you're watching couples break up and that's not fun. But ultimately, it looked like all six of them that I've spoken to, Evan and Casey, Carl and Nicole, Katie and John, all seem to have learned something from this show and are at least trying to make themselves better because of it. And I think that's all you can ask. So episode 18 of the He Said, She Said podcast with me and Ashley Spivey dropped on Tuesday. Go listen to that. We got a call about uh, catfishing. We got a call about someone who's overcoming a heroin addiction. And in the intro, we recap the 2010 disaster that was the Reality Steve dating contest. So check that out from Tuesday. That was a lot of, I hadn't really thought about it in years. But when I started thinking about it, of course, I lived it. I remember everything that happened. And it was just, it just wasn't good all around. Anyway, we talked about that in the intro of the podcast on Tuesday. So check that out. If you want to be part of a future podcast of the He Said, She Said podcast, Email me, email Ashley, let us know your time that you're available, let us know what time zone you're in, best times you can record, what your issue is, and we'll try and arrange something. So thank you very much to everybody who's been tuning in and listening to these Temptation Island podcasts. It's been a lot of fun for me because after a while, yes, I realize that I have not done a Bachelor-related podcast in probably three months, but after a while, you know, you just get to a point where you just, you do want to start talking about other things, and Yes, Bachelor has more viewers than Temptation Island did, and maybe there aren't as many of you that listen to the Temptation Island ones, but I'm telling you, I think you can learn something from it, and we will get back to the Bachelor stuff. It's just, I did so many back to back to back, and I felt like it was just getting stale in my eyes, and we'll get some new people on at some point, older contestants, just because it's tough to get on uh, the newer ones because of who I am and the stigma attached to Reality Steve. Trust me, I've asked a lot of them, and there's three ways it can go. They can either say yes, they can either say no, or they cannot return my email. And it's happened numerous times um, where I've gotten a no, and I've gotten a no response. There's nothing else I can do other than ask. So, I, you know, that's where we're at. So anyway, um, that's what's going on in Bachelor world. But we'll get back to Bachelor and Bachelorette podcasts in a, in a couple weeks. But thanks again to everybody who tuned into this episode, number 126. We'll be back uh, next week with episode number 127. So until then, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. See you.